This is your Nate on COVID. That's right. Uh, Josh, you jinxed me. I did it. All I passed like it. Your, your, oh, you, pa- you did. You passed it through the internet. Through, it's mutated. The microphone. Yeah. <laughs> it, it mutated to, to digital. I got digital. I got the digital COVID. <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you, man, no. it's those nano machines. It's, it, you know, more this, than meets uh, the eye. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, and it's an electron. It's an electronic virus. You send it to me through email or something. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> I actually. Microphone. I, uh, yeah, maybe I, I shouldn't lick the microphone. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> um, that's weird. Uh, why would you do that, Nate? Uh, listen, I've, I've seen videos about weird streamers. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so gross, bro. <laughs> Image. <laughs> but hey, uh, guys, this is the Backlog Breakdown. I'm, I am Nate on COVID, and that's Josh. Hey, hey. Yeah. Well, and actually, I'm not really on. Well, I think I'm, for another three days, I'm technically on the COVID. Um, mm. On the spectrum of COVID. I'm on the, the COVID spectrum. <laughs> uh, but, I, it, you know, what sucked is like in, in, in the Discord, I think I mentioned it, but it was like uh, we went out to my folks and uh, I'm pretty sure they don't listen to this, so it's not going to matter. I'm pretty sure I got it out there somewhere. Like... Because gotcha. it was, I came back Monday. I was kind of feeling not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I took a take home like a rapid test um, that night, and it it was positive. And then the next day, I went Ugh. to a clinic just to get an official verdict. And mm-hmm. yep, I I had the COVID, um, the Kofefe. <laughs> and uh the kofif whatever yeah. that um but yeah no i and it was like really it was convenient because i didn't have to burn any sick leave um but it was also wildly inconvenient because my entire vacation was pretty much spent me sleeping watching anime and playing video games which i was gonna do anyways but <laughs> i was also gonna do other things yeah and um so what, like, it wasn't a total wash, but I, you know, it's like, it's not the best way. Like I took the week off cause I was like, I'm going to do some stuff. I'm going to get some rest. I'm going to sort of recharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Re- was, recovery and rest are, are, are different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was, I, I, I didn't, we didn't even like segue into it. But that was mm-hmm. like, like basically what my last two weeks was like. I was like, yeah. I went out to my parents. We had a lot of fun there. I got some cigars. I got a nice bottle. I got two bottles of whiskey. One, which I bought for hey. myself. I bought myself a little thing of Proper 12 because I wanted to try okay. Proper 12. That's the, the uh, is it Conor McGregor, the UFC guy? Oh, That's oh, his nice. Irish whiskey. I, I've heard it's supposed to be good. I like Irish whiskeys. Okay. Um, so... Uh, but I got cigars, I got some whiskey. We had a good time with friends and family, like, w- w- well, with family mostly. And, uh, came back mm-hmm. and I got the COVID. <laughs> gotcha. So, gotcha. How about you, man? How has your last couple of weeks been, buddy? Uh, yeah, they've, they've been good. They've been good. Um, we had uh round two of our snowpocalypse here in Austin. Not really. Uh, we had a winter storm come through. 
you know, here down south. This, this it, and, it did not snow harder. No, no, it like, did, well, it didn't really snow at all. It was snowpocalypse two snows harder. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, but no, it was it was sleeps with a vengeance. Cool. Yes, there you go. <laughs> get 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 out of here. Get 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 rid of all this sleet. Um, so it, yeah, it, it really wasn't that bad at all. The kids, the kids were, you know, like, oh, it's snow. And it's like, no, it's just white stuff on the ground, but it's in sheets. Um, we're not prepared for stuff like that here in Austin. Yeah. And so the, so the city, you know, like AISD, the uh, school district shut down for like two days. Um, t- it was not a big deal at all, but even like leading up to it, you know, there was just like this collective, like memory of last year and and all kinds of stuff going wrong um so you know people were i I think sam had actually gone to the store like the day before it was supposed to come in and she said you know people were kind of crazy at the store uh milk and bread dude whatever yeah milk and bread it's it's we we joker up there's like a gag like long like i just see them get passed around all every every time there's like a winter store storm coming it's just like Mm. there's a video of somebody talking about don't forget to get milk and bread like and it's just like it's the only thing that you need. It's like I can weather out this entire storm with enough milk and with enough bread. And it's like <laughs> you have those two things and we'll be good. Uh yeah, no. So it but it it really wasn't hardly anything. I did some work from home. Um mm-hmm. we do actually follow the the church follows the like the the offices they shut down if the school district shuts down. Mm-hmm. Um so it it but again, due to the nature of my work, it, it did mean I went in for a little bit on Saturday just to make sure everything was ready for Sunday. Um, you know, just so it was a weird week because of that. But it did, you know, I was able to hang out at home for a couple of days, which is cool. Um, yeah. Get school work done, do some other stuff, you know, and still getting some work done in other areas as well. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's just kind of the biggest thing, even that like isn't that big of a deal it's just funny how it's how it was compared to um last year's snowpocalypse yeah so that has been my my two weeks nothing nothing too crazy but it's it's gotten cold for us austinites you know dipping down into the low 30s the mid 20s stuff like that which is probably like nothing you know pretty common for you i mean dude that's cold it's still like Mm -hmm. dude 20s and 30s is cold like Mm -hmm. i'm at a point in my life where i'm like and I don't know if it's just like old man Nate is old. Like I used to, when I was younger, dude, it was like pants and a sweatshirt. And I was like, ah, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and it used to be like, if it was like twenties and, and below, I was like, okay, like we're going to start wearing cold weather gear. And this, there was like a few days before vacation where I was like, I was like, it's going to be like 30 degrees today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just cold weather gear like straight up like we're just going in full bore mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. yeah Th- that was a, that was only for two days though i mean it did it did stay in like the 30s actually 30s maybe low 40s for a few days after that but but now it's now it's like 50s 60s so okay it's not, it's not it has warmed up it's still cool for austin it's, it's on the verge of, of cold you could say um yeah just compared to what we're used to but like not yeah yeah when the highs are in the mid 60s it's like this isn't bad (laughs) in the least i would uh, like dude that honestly i'd be wearing shorts 
I like okay. if, if I got 60 <laughs> degrees right now, I'd be in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> shorts and a sweatshirt. Nice. Um, nice. Actually, maybe not right one now. One of those guys. Me. Well, I mean, dude, <laughs> I was wearing shorts into December. I think we okay. had some days where okay. it was like, there were more than a few days where it was like, it's supposed to be 65 today. I was like, shorts weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. Well, um, ours, you know, we, we had a, like an 80 degree Christmas, so we were in shorts in December as well, but that's for altogether different reasons. Different reasons. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's, that's been the two weeks in terms of, you know, what, what's been fun, what we've been up to, all that kind of stuff. But I think we've got, uh, and well, and just so you can work it in, in post. It's been. It's been. There you go, buddy. <laughs> oh, dang it. I thought we were going to be able to get away from it this time, but no. Uh, Nate on Kobe, gotcha. <laughs> you pulled me back in. Um, but uh, but I, yeah, I think. Do you play some video games? I played some I video games. Play, I would play a little bit of video games. I mean, right here, I have a couple written down. I, I don't know. It, I. I it's probably just blowing out the mics or something. I don't know. It's all awesome. time. It's the best fully work in the world. <laughs> the backlog. The backlog report. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and no, that's not a report. Actually, that's that's a uh, that's tax form. So that's fun. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Uh, we got to we got to do our taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things all. that I worked on with the time off. Uh, so I pay somebody else to do mine anymore. I'm like, okay. I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> not doing. I want to like do when because we're we're a dual income fam- family, and Megan <laughs> always makes enough that like for like I was just like, no, I'm not <laughs> I don't have the time or the patience. Like, dude, when it was yeah. just me, I used to do the the what the 1040 easy or whatever. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep, and it was like in and out. But now, like, no. Yep. Um, we claim we have too many exemptions and junk. Yeah. Gotcha. We 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 claim too many expenses for work and stuff like that. Okay. Anymore. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, she, cool. as a teacher, there's a and even when she was working from home, there's a lot of stuff where she could claim. Yeah. Like travel expenses and office supplies and stuff like that. Nice. And she nice. and then for me, uh, not nearly as much, but like I do like. Sometimes I buy clothes and I'm like, no, this is straight up. Like, here's the receipt. Like, we're going to write that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Makes sense for when yeah. you're uh, carrying around those mailbags. But we'll get to mm-hmm. that later. Oh, um, yeah, that's it. It's, it's, like, it's foreshadowing. I like it. I like um, it. All right. So, so what, what, my, what, what does my report say here? Um, what does? Well, this is what? confusing. See, I, I, I personally have one mother. I know there's some people who apparently have heard on the internet mm. have two mothers, but I started playing a game called Mother Three. Mm. Um, so that that's that's fun. It it is quite the interesting thing, and I, I'm not sure if we talked about this on the the podcast proper, but we did find a way. So if you don't know, Mother Three Earthbound, the sequel to Earthbound, released on the GBA. Only in Japan. Never got a North American release. 
Um, and we've talked about emulation in the past. We've talked about our convictions with that. But we were informed by one of our uh, awesome brochachos, Mr. Uh, Wesley Ray himself, the Henshin Dad himself, um, mm-hmm. that you can purchase the Mother 3 on the Japanese Wii U uh, as a download. You can do that through Amazon Japan. Purchase the download. Yeah, it does require you to set up like an account and also Mm -hmm. like there are some shenanigans involved. Um, Mm -hmm. But yes. But yeah. And and it's pretty cheap too. I think it it comes out to around $8, right? It's like nine, ten 10 bucks. Okay. Okay. So for me, like, I never thought I would actually play this game just because of all the weird legal issues and whatever. And I'm just like, ah, it's, it's like, it's too much of a headache. I don't want to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. So to, to know that like, either, yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised that, that I actually started playing this. So anyways, did purchase the game um, to me, that's money for the rights holders. Um, so I have no qualms with playing it, emulated it, uh, emulated with emulating it and uh, putting on the English patch as well. So I'm playing it on my laptop um, because I purchased the Japanese version for Wii U that I don't have a Japanese Wii U, but still I purchased it. Um, I, I'm not very far into the game. Uh, I'm only like an hour and a half in. And mm. as I said in the discord, if you know, you know, the, dude, the- I've actually gotten to that point and mm-hmm. That so, so all feels sad. Yes, sad feels. Yes, yes. I th- I think it was uh, Jono Spark in Discord said, "Big sad, big sad, big sad," and and yes, I agree. I agree. It's it's. Uh, I think it is so cool, so charming that they're able to make this wacky video game where you're talking to frogs to save your game, and and just like there's a lot of tongue in cheek moments in the game. Mm-hmm. You talk to um birds and they say chirp chirp and then they tell you about the game and and different things that you can do in the game so they like they say chirp chirp then they start speaking in english and break the fourth wall <laughs> um and, and so it's just like this these wacky things that are going on but then like the undercurrent of the story so far is very intense mm-hmm. and the emotion that you see in the characters I am surprised at how well it is captured and the responses. Like, I was going to say how delicately, I'm not even sure if it's it's just delicate, just how like, oh no, that like that is how a human would react. A human, it's a very nuanced sort of performance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is not cliched. It's like, and that oh is, wow. That, that's a word that I think gets used a lot when maybe it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And, I I might be guilty of using it at times, but yeah, it's yeah Th- mm-hmm. that that game. There's some masterful design and masterful writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and hoping it continues. I'm still just at the beginning of the game, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but what's been pulling me away from that actually is I've been playing on PC a Plague Tale Innocence which mm. uh, is a totally different kind of game. But uh, I, I don't know, just it just it's it's pulled me in, I guess. You know, yeah, just very different kind of like one is more cartoony and the other one is like a dark fairy tale 
Um, and it, it's got some stealth elements in it. Uh, but it's, yeah, when I say a dark fairy tale, it, it gets, it gets pretty dark and I guess in similar ways to mother three, but not to not quite there. Um, but it's, it's like a, yeah, a gritty fairy tale. So there's some elements there. Um, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I'm, I'm having to think of it like the closest thing I can think of in similarity that I could compare it to, even though it's wildly different is something like, uh, brothers, a tale of two sons. Yeah. Um, because kind of the main narrative hook is, are, are these, this, this, um, brother and sister duo. Um, and again, it's very different. It's, it's like third person. Um, and you're, you're going around there. Like I said, there's some stealth elements. Really. It's more of like a puzzle game. If that makes sense. Um, you're not very powerful. You're like this teenage girl. So like the, the, where the stealth elements come in, if anyone sees you, like they're going to kill you on the spot. And that's part of the story too. It's very narrative driven. So, uh, I've, I've tried like listening to podcasts or putting on YouTube on, on my tablet mm -hmm. or something while I'm playing. And every few minutes I'm having to like pause it because people are talking because you're getting some narrative. So, so it's, it's almost more about the narrative than it is about the gameplay itself. The gameplay can be kind of simplistic. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong, but it, it doesn't go very deep. And, and really you just think about it as, as a puzzle game. It's got environmental puzzles. Um, I guess I guess maybe that's akin to something like Uncharted. It's just wildly different uh, uh, feeling and atmosphere than Uncharted. Uncharted is an action game, and this one is not mm. that. <laughs> so um, I do have my own. I, I enjoy the game, and I, I hate that my mind just goes critical. You know, it's like, well, these are the things I don't like about the game. Um, well, I, I but you know, what? I was listening to something and I think like, you know, just as a bit of a, I, I know this is a bit of a rabbit trail or whatever, but you know, it's real easy to just be like, we love this all the time and never say anything bad and never push back and never sort of like, and just talk about the things we like. But I think it is so much more interesting to maybe have a critical take on, on these things at times you know, to, to maybe ask some questions and to push a little bit and say like, Hey, like, this is really cool, but mm -hmm. you know, here, here are some of the things that like kind of, and I, I, you know, frankly, I, I feel like those are much more fulfilling kind of like conversations. Hmm. I mean, because like, I mean, sometimes it is just like, this is the best thing ever and that's okay. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, but mm -hmm. if that's all you ever have, I don't know, man. That's just like I. Th I feel like it's it's good to just be like, no, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm enjoying it, but mm -hmm. there are these like critical touch points where I'm like, yeah, but you know, there's this sort of like this good, like I mean, like, dude, is it just as? And again, uh, I'll I'll shut up here in a second, but just as as it's what's what is the more interesting conversation is it the one where i'm like breath of the wild is the best thing ever oh boy <laughs> or is it the one where i'm like yeah it's pretty good but there are some still some like things where i'm like i don't think it deserves as much praise as it gets like mm -hmm. which one of those two is like the more interesting conversation like yeah yeah but that's just me it 
I enjoy the more critical analyses of things, but because it shows to me a lot of the times that, that you're actually like thinking through and, and yeah, well, again, an, analyzing kind of. And you're looking at it and, and you're not just, you're not just consuming it. You're not just like yeah. sitting there like, you know, you know, feed my brain more stuff. Yes. And, and it can go both ways. It can be either like, oh, this is awesome. And you really don't have anything to say. It's just like, oh no, this is super cool. This is the coolest thing. Awesome. Play it kind of a thing. And it's like, ah, okay, whatever. But then the other side of the pendulum is, is you're just trying to be snarky for snarky's sake. You know, you're trying, you're like nitpicking things and like, oh, this is, this is bad because X, Y, Z, you know, like, and, and you're not, yeah. Anyways, one I of those things it. is is so, you can you can be a rabid fanboy or you can be a pretentious snob. Yeah. And what you want to do is you sort of want to be in the middle where it's like yeah. you like the things that you like and you know why you like them, but you also aren't afraid to sort of like cast a critical eye on things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I like it. And that is our <laughs> that is our philosophy behind uh game reviewing here on the backlog breakdown. Um but yes, yeah, so snob. But also don't <laughs> right. be a fanboy. Yes. There you go. There you go. Find your happy medium, explain yourself, and explain your experience. Um, so the so Plague Tale Innocence, uh, I am enjoying it. I want to see where this story is going because it, it it just like throws some things that are that are like weird. Um I can't tell if it's going in a cliche direction. I'm actually towards the pretty far into the game. I, I should be finishing it up here soon. Um, it, and it's not a long game. I think it's like, I think it's like a dozen hours or something like that. Um, okay, so the thing that immediately I noticed, and it's probably only because I have kids, um, but the stealth elements of this game are unfortunately so basic that to me they just become unbelievable. And so the stakes for me are really low. There's also, you know, um, the, uh, checkpoints all over the place. So you get caught and you just go back, you know, a minute or so. Um, th- okay, so I'll, I'll give you, unfortunately, what ends up happening, if you, let's just say you're these two main characters, okay? This teenage girl, this like nine-year-old boy, something like that. And you're huddled around and the people are looking for you. You're in danger. They're, um, there's, the Inquisition is out to kill you, okay? So they are looking for two children. And uh, what you do is if a guard, you see a guard coming, okay? So long as you're in tall grass, they can't see you at all. And you're in your, um, you're crouched down. They can't see you at all. So you can be literally feet from them. Doesn't matter. They can't see you. So what do you do? Well, you take a pot or a rock and you throw it in the other direction. And they're like, oh my gosh, what was that? And they stare in that direction. They turn around and they stare in that direction. And you can walk like feet from them so long as you're crouched and they will know absolutely nothing even if you are in a wooden cabin they can't hear you sneak by at all and i'm just like i have kids like there is no way that 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 anyone is walking on wood and not making any noise and i get like you can't i have hardwood floors (laughs) yeah not happening bro so because the game is like it has this serious narrative to it it's mm-hmm. jarring to me how stupid these guards are when they are like actively looking for children and yet 
they can't like hear you. Uh, and that's, that's the other thing too, is they have the very simplistic, like, you know, the, the, the icons over their heads when they notice you, when they see you and, and the gauge that fills up. And as soon as it, and as soon as it goes down, which again, if you're, you know, you're crouching in grass or whatever, um, as soon as it goes down, then they're like, Oh, okay. I guess it was nothing. And they go back to doing what they, what they were like. Even if they I literally mean, saw you. Like that's stuff where like a little bit of clever scripting could probably fix some of that. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about like you don't even need to change the AI, change the actual dialogue just a mm-hmm. little bit. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, but anyway, maybe. so that's, that's, that's my nitpick so far is that the stealth elements are kind of dumb. <laughs> it's it's just because all the guards in the game are really dumb and so it keeps it very simplistic now i'm not i'm not saying like the puzzles the environmental puzzles are fun don't get me wrong it, it it's just going for mechanics and so they layer stuff on top of it but it's like when, when you're when you're trying to take a game very seriously and you notice like these gaping flaws like this doesn't work near you're trying to tell me narrative story but these things don't work in there there's no way these children could have snuck by <laughs> like not a freaking chance um so yeah. anyways i've i've gone on way too long about that i do enjoy the game i'm looking forward to finishing it here soon um and I'm, i've got more thoughts on it that's kind of where i'm sitting right now outside of that the only other game that i have been playing is some pokemon sword with the kiddos They've really been getting into uh, Pokemon and just like, yes, yes, exactly. You got to catch them all, man. Um, I I don't think you can catch them all in Pokemon Sword, but still, uh, we're going around catching all kinds of, man, there's so many Pokemon that I I didn't even know about. You know, I'm not, I'm not there. The the first 151, I know after that, it's, it kind of becomes a blur and man, there's, there's so many that are, are new to me. That's. I was having a conversation. Oh, it was at my parents' house. Um, and it's like my brother-in-law, Mike, he's like a year older than me, but we're, mm-hmm. you know, the oldest out of, out of all the, you know, the adult kids. And we were, uh, we were sort of talking and it's just like, yeah, Pokemon never hit with me. He was like, yeah, it never hit with him either. He was like, but for his brother, it was like, who was a few years younger than him. It was mm-hmm. like, that was, that was the jam. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like for Luke and for my cousins, you know, they all were like, yeah, Pokemon. I was like, I, I, I don't get this. No, thanks. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. good. So I, you know, it's yeah. just like one of those things where it's like, I aged out of that. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but, I, I was, I was, I remember when the, the, the cartoon came on, on WB, um, you know, I'd, I'd played through the original uh, game as well. I think I, I think it was blue. I, and it wasn't, we never owned it, but we had friends who did. We borrowed it from them, all that fun stuff. Mm. Um, so I have, I have very fond memories of original Pokemon. I just haven't kept up with the series. I've kind of dipped in and out through a yeah, few different yeah. games. Um, so, but we're, we're enjoying that. And they, like, they're, they're enjoying it enough to yeah. where like they're asking me, you know, let's, can we play some more? You know, can we catch another Pokemon? Ollie's really excited to go to the different gyms and get and finish the gym challenges. So we're, we're having a good time with it. Uh, did catch a Magikarp early on and involve that guy in a Gyarados, and he's one of our strongest Pokemons. Because so, Magikarp is trash, but Gyarados yes. is not. 
No, it's it's awesome. It's like this dragonfish. It's pretty cool. Um, so that's that's pretty much all the video games that I've been playing. I have actually listened to a couple books here recently. Um, the first one is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, I, I listened to about half of it in one go, and I really liked it. Um, I did finish up the other half of it earlier uh, was it today yesterday anyways finish it up and um i will just say there hmm. unfortunately so this this guy's a pastor uh, john mark comer um there're just things that he says that kind of like uh i i can't like wholeheartedly recommend it because mm. i'm not sure like there there it leaves me with some question marks on different things so it's it's kind of like a a be careful. I do I enjoy the book. I enjoy the main uh, thrust of the book. He talks about a number of different things, um, how we're addicted to our phones. He talks about Sabbath. He talks about um, a few different things, and and so I really enjoyed it overall. However, I don't know enough about him um, to like give it a absolute you know hearty recommendation. Uh, he he talks about in the book. How his uh, like he his mentor is a guy named John Ortberg. Yeah, and I know John who John Ortberg's. Ortberg is. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I didn't know who he was, but he said that his mentor was Dallas Willard. Which. Yep. Uh, what I know about him, like I can respect him. I do know it get he can be a little Willard weird. was a bit of a mystic. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And so you get some of the the feel of that with some of the things. Like there are some things that that uh, Comer says in the book that are just straight up like really smart. Like dang, the, like this guy has a way with words. He's very well read. You know, like like pretty cool stuff. And then there's some other stuff that I'm just like, eh, you're getting into some territory that, like again, I can't fully recommend. Um, yeah. I think overall, the heart of the book, I really enjoyed. So. Well, and that's 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 honestly how I felt a lot. Like I've I've read some of John Ort Ortberg's stuff, and that's kind okay. of how. I, like there are parts of his work that are really strong, and I would suggest. But like theologically, he gets a little like you know, yes. little wibbly wobbly, mm -hmm. <laughs> little little wonky. Putting it. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm sitting with that one. Uh, then I did listen to another one. It was not really based on your sort of based on your recommendation. Um, so you recommended that that Ryan Holiday book about the whole oh conspiracy soccer. Yes, so I I wasn't able to get that one. I was looking at the library, just seeing what they had. Okay, he has another book called uh, Trust Me, I'm Lying, and and so i listened to that and wow so so i i didn't know this guy's backstory it's funny because he's like you know the stoic guy but the stuff that he talks about in this book it's like how did you get from there to there because he's he's like working he's working in marketing um and he's working at like american apparel uh yeah and but but he talks about basically um how easy it is to manipulate um, I was going to say the news, but it's not even just the news. It's basically like the internet news cycle and blogs and websites and Twitter and things like that. And so he talks about how he's done campaigns for different brands um, where he would uh, put out information and then he would you know, take pictures – 
basically he would stir up controversy under anonymous accounts or you know or make things a bigger deal on reddit or comment you know have more comments anytime a certain company was mentioned on you know the the basically making it seem as though people are interested in certain things and then having blogs or websites or tweets like pick up on that and kind of like have this snowball effect of creating news that wasn't really there and creating this idea that people are interested in things that they so marketing well yes but it's like the dark side of marketing and the way that it manipulates the news and it's it's crazy uh just the stuff that he gets into now i do think that like i kind of had a similar uh situation where like the first half of the book i'm just like wow i'm not gonna believe anything i read anymore (laughs) kind of a thing um and then but then he he feels kind of self-righteous in the second half of the book because then he talks about how like he did those things to promote uh basically to make money but then Mm -hmm. he talks about how the news cycle does these things and and the ramifications for and and i'm not saying that like there's anything wrong with that now he is definitely more left-leaning so he calls out more right-leaning uh people who do the exact same thing that he did but he he has this air of um almost almost like self-righteousness of like it wasn't that bad when i did it because i was only doing it for money but now people are actually getting hurt so this should not be happening kind of a thing and it's like well bro you like you kind of built this model (laughs) that other people are using in different arenas like i'm not saying he's at fault for that i'm saying like you kind of yeah it just feels self-righteous but the book itself like wow it 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 really made me uh kind of question anything that you read like basically check your sources (laughs) check your sources because because this it's insane some of the stuff that he talks about and some of like basically he talks about how controversy sells and so you just drum up fake controversy and it will be reported on because that he talked about how anger uh sells it's like the most shared emotion through social media is is like yeah so craziness craziness yeah. uh, listen to those two books haven't really done much in terms of tv watched a little bit more band of brothers with samantha watched a little bit more ultra seven but nothing too mm. big that's i've been talking enough i'm sorry no my, no my, I, my holiday is like he's one of those guys that like i really enjoyed conspiracy like i think when yeah. he has a pretty good narrative voice mm-hmm. um like he's got but I think too, it was like, it's an interesting story. And then he does a pretty good job of sort of like, like building it all out and sort of now. And I do feel like he just sort of, he lands on some of the wrong spots where he's like, Mm -hmm. this is what this is like. This is sort of like the big takeaway. And I'm like, Matt, you're wrong. Cool. But (laughs) you're wrong. Um, Yeah. So there is that. Um, But yeah, no, well, I'm, I think I'm going to have to like look up that book. I was actually searching for it. Um, trust me, I'm lying. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I think I, you'll I, enjoy it. I like his chops. It. Like he's got an interesting, like I said, he's got an interesting narrative voice. And mm-hmm. 
I mean, I ended up unsubscribing from his newsletter or whatever, but that's because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, dude, like, cool story, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't kind need, of saying the same thing. Over yeah, and over and over and over again, and I, I would much rather like just. I would, it, it's almost like one of those things where I would much rather, I did, because he, he did like podcasting or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I would much rather, like, I liked his interviews and I liked his like dialogues with people. And I would much rather, like, you do more of a long form where it's like you really like, okay. like, read like a significant excerpt from something you've read or written or something. But like, I just like the bite-sized crap. I'm like, like mm-hmm. the world, listen, brevity isn't a bad thing, right? And yes, <laughs> we make a joke about like being really good at being bad at brevity, but like sometimes brevity is actually a disservice. And like these ideas need the time and the energy that it would take to sort of like really flesh them out and work through them. And you're doing mm-hmm. a disservice to a lot of stuff, I think at times, not all the time, but mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. um, now that uh, I'll get off my soapbox, thank you for coming to my <laughs> TED Talk. Uh, I'm going to sort of rip through this. Uh, yep. Final Fantasy IX, uh, I mm. played through it, um, and uh, I took my replay point for that. Um, ah, you too. Nice. Yeah, yeah, because I, it's like for me, it was like it was a substantial enough sort of investment. Mm-hmm. Um, that I wanted, I wanted some sort of, you know what I'm saying? I felt like this is like, this is big. And, uh, Mm. I I wanted to sort of like, yeah, to signify that. Um, do do you know what your ending time was? Oh dude, I was like 45 ish. Oh no, 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 no. It was like 30. Um, it was like 30. Uh, cool. because I did start to get rabbit trailed on some of the side quest stuff. And then I was like, no, nice. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. like dude, even with sort of the quality of life stuff in the remake, uh, I did like, cause you can actually turn on the, the high speed travel and chocobo yes. hot and cold to make it like way easier. Uh... Um, and even with that, I was just like, ain't nobody got time for this. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting concept, and I, when I was playing Chocobo Hot and Cold, I really did have a good time with it, but okay. I was also like, mm, nah. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> um, I'm gotcha. just, I mean, I went through, I, I made very liberal use of some of the cheats. Um, mm-hmm. Like the, mm-hmm. There were times when I was just like, I, you know what? Like, I don't feel like dealing with all these bosses. Like here's yeah. nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine damage to the face, stupid. <laughs> um, you can suck it. Um, but I was mostly just like, like I said, I've beaten it before, and I just yeah. didn't really feel like th- like most stuff. I would give like an honest like run at the first time, right? And then when like I die or I get wiped or something, because there were a few times, not not a lot. But there were a few times where it was like you get hit like ha- way harder than you should have, and I was like, mm-hmm. "No, no, like screw you, <laughs> no, like, like Come I on. am incredibly over leveled for where I'm at here, and you're gonna like d- no, like you can no, you can eat a like eat a can of turds, like here's here's <laughs> here's 10k damage 
to the face. Um, <laughs> but that game, I mean, I'm looking forward to the book club conversation. Like, guys, yeah. if you're listening to it, like, get on it. Um, that game, especially, I think, with the, the remake version, is really pretty. Um, I I would probably, like, I think as far as, like, just the design choice, I I would just, I'd love to see... I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit in Discord. I would love to see them like give this game like a full-on remake treatment and do it in like the uh, bravely default style. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, that would be so good. I think some of the actual character design stuff is a little weird. Like, I'll be honest, like mm-hmm. uh, Zidane's like weird. Just like, hey, I have like cufflinks but no sleeves. I'm like. That's a weird call, bro. That's like almost as weird as like the just the weird straps and belts and extra zippers from like Final Fantasy VII and Kingdom Hearts. Like, no thanks. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. honestly, I actually liked most of the design. There were like a few things where I was okay. like, yeah. But like, I, I'd love to see like a, a fresher kind of look. Look at that, you know. But that's mm-hmm. just me. Um, I, I yeah, I think it's a great game. Like honestly, playing through it again and just and again, we'll we'll have a a little we'll have a significantly much more flesh out conversation. I think it is argu- arguably the most underrated Final Fantasy game. Um, I think it's I think it is leaps and bounds better than seven. And I know that that to some people that is like that's heresy. Uh, this is easily my top two or three, like depending on the day you catch me. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly it. because it's mostly because it's it's a hopeful story. Like it's it's not mm-hmm. like and and I t- we talked about it a little bit. And what I'm, I'm going to say is like every last one of these Final Fantasy games is just melodramatic, right? But it's what you do with that melodrama that that counts. And ultimately, this is hopeful, and it kind of it's it's happy. And I I feel like yeah. I want more stories like this in the world. Um, mm. And it's like. It's, it's a good story. Like, you you know, like, and I'm not saying that like, you know, Grimdark, like I like Grimdark too sometimes, but Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like, dude, like, I I think it's just such a shame that in a lot of ways they deviated and and never really came back to this. But uh, anyways, Final Fantasy IX is great. Play it. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I agree. We're definitely looking forward to that conversation. Uh, th- as far as anything else, you know, you have played River City Ransom, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can mm-hmm. sit down mm-hmm. and play this one. And so, well, okay, going to briefly sort of hop over. This is COVID brain people. Yeah. I s- tried to play Returnal again, and I mm-hmm. actually sat down the one night, and I was like, I played through it, and I was like really kind of pumped, and I had a really great run. And then I tried playing it again and it was like COVID brain just took over and I was like full blown, like I, I can't pay attention to anything. Like yeah. my timing was all crap. Like I was just like fried. And so I played a bunch of stuff that I did not have to think real hard on. Um, so <laughs> nice. I was like, uh, the Turkey trash, the trash Turkey, uh, nominated this as his, uh, patron pick. And you had gone through it here not too long ago. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like River City Ransom. I'm pretty sure I could beat that thing almost in my sleep. 
I'm going to play this mm. again just for like giggles. And it was a good time. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm half tempted to maybe make an argument for a completion point because I did uh, pretty much buy all the secret techniques. <laughs> Okay. Like I, I spent probably about four hours, five hours playing this game, and I like bought all this, all the techniques. I bought all the secret stuff in Merlin's secret shop. It's like, but dang, like I, I went and I got the cowboy boots. I, I went hard at this game, guys. Mm -hmm. Like I was just Mm -hmm. like, but I've also been it like a million times, and it's just like, gotcha. I was, it was just fun. Um, I like that game. It's a good time. Uh, and it, I, I think it does hold up. Like, you know, it's it's very Nintendo. It's very 8-bit, but I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, lastly, I was like, I need just, I like, because I was sick. And so there was a lot of watching anime. Not all of it was worth recommending, um, mm-hmm. but some of it was. There was a lot of like sleeping and there was a lot of video games. Um, and I just, nice. I did not do a whole lot of anything. Um, but, uh, I, I had picked up last year voice of cards, which is that sort of that, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that Yokotaru um, side project. And what I'm going to say, and it, I wrote like a little, I, I beat it. Um, but it is like a, a, a distillation of Yokotaro. Like, Wow. Um, it's not nearly as clever because it's not as big as something like near Automata, but like mm-hmm. the storytelling and some of like the, the hooks and everything else it's there. Like you can see it. And if you're playing the game, uh, there's some cleverness there. And again, it's like, it's, this is like a 20 hour, 15, 20 hour game. So you're not going to have like the big, long sort of unfolding that you would get from like near automata or even original near or dragon guard stuff but really great music it's a really pretty looking game um it's also very sort of minimalist and it's like it's a very sort of traditional turn-based jrpg kind of thing uh there's a couple okay. tweaks like because it's presented as a board game uh instead mm-hmm. of accruing like magic points you it's basically all tied to these gemstones which sort of act as in an action point slash ma- mana kind of thing and all your cards you can have four abilities equipped on each character and they're all cards and they all have costs and so yeah it's okay. the music's really good. Uh, the the card nice. based sort of aesthetic is a little gimmicky, but it, overall, it's like it's it's like it's charming, and I, I think like it's it's definitely a game to me where I'm like, I would put this in like the fifteen to twenty dollar price range, and okay, um, you know if you can get it for better than that, like by all means, but I I definitely think it's that's probably the 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 point where I'd look at somebody and say pull the trigger on it because if you like Yokotaro, if you like what he does, this is sort of a simpler version of some of that. Um, I have no idea whether I'm not I'm going to go back and get the platinum for for it because a lot of it is like you're collecting these cards and okay. It also requires, there's four endings. 
and it requires you to see all four endings. And I don't really, I do have a save right before the last fight, but that last fight is a bear. Um, Oh, okay. Okay. It's, I mean, it wasn't hard, but it was like, I probably, that last fight was like 45 minutes long. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, it's good. It's good. I, I, this is like a strong should play in my book, but I'm just saying like, anyways, um, nice. I, I recommend it. Voice of cars. The, was the, the aisle, aisle dragon sings roars, the right? aisle dragon roars. roars. Yes. Yeah, there whatever. You um, and there's actually, I just saw somewhere that there's a sequel. Sequel. Coming yep. Coming out and just like, well, actually probably by the time this airs. Yeah. By the time this airs, it should be out. And <laughs> I am half tempted to just pick that up just because I'm that kind of sucker. Um, <laughs> you got me. You got me. Um, as far as, uh, others, like I said, I played Returnal, but my brain just, it was like turning the jelly and just running out my ears at, at one point. Uh, as far as books go, nothing, uh, not a, ton of anything i've been listening to a bunch of little littler stuff as far as fiction goes um there's a series by um th- this it's called the ambergris collection by jeff vandermeer and it's uh, he wrote three books that are all set in this city of ambergris and it's like it's it's what they call like weird sci-fi or weird fiction okay. um mm-hmm. i think vandermeer if i'm it was the same dude who wrote like annihilation um gotcha and so it's like listen this is not for everybody um Mm. but it scratches a certain weird itch on nate and like Mm -hmm. i like weird things which um (laughs) sort of you know leading into this um i like i said i did i have been watching a good bit of anime and just tv in general i finally finished bakuman um Mm. Mm-hmm. The way that like, okay, so we, we were talking earlier off mic about how like, well, and I'll, I'll talk about this other one too. Well, let me, let me, let me start up. I, I, I got around to watching Puella, Magica, Madoka or whatever that stupid, Madoka, whatever that stupid one is, the, the magical girl thing. Mm-hmm. That's a bit of a masterstroke. Uh, the ending hmm. is kind of meh, but it's like it, a lot of these guys don't know how to land the planes. What I'm going to say is Bakuman has singularly the best ending in any anime I've ever watched. Hmm. Um, like, I love Cowboy Bebop, but that ending is weak sauce. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it's it makes sense. But mm-hmm. I feel like Bakuman, just like, that last season just ramps up and like, cause like the first two seasons are good. They're like fun. It's like, yeah, this is kind of like, and it's, it's really kind of fun because we were talking about how uh, Madoka is sort of a deconstruction of the magical girl genre. I think Bakuman mm-hmm. actually serves as a bit of a deconstruction of just Shonen in general. Um, okay. And it's like, what's funny is like, they're looking for this, like this non-mainstream mainstream battle manga, but they're like the entire series is that. The entire yes. series yes. is that, uh-huh. and I yeah. love it. I was like, I was like, oh, this is so clever, and I love it. Um, and when it ends, um, the thing that they didn't show, masterstroke, because I wanted that so bad. Um, <laughs> I wanted that so bad, but then I was like, 
you guys, <laughs> you, you got me. Oh, you guys. Um, and honestly, it's, it's a you know for any it's a an anime from the creators of Death Note. It's wildly mm-hmm. different, um, but it actually gave me a lot of perspective on Death Note. Um, and I I feel like in some ways it, it shouldn't, but I, I think like you know you sort of watch that la- the, their last creative arc. Um, uh, Muto, uh, Muto, or Ashirogi Muto, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you watch their last sort of creative arc, and you watch like the whole thing with Reversi and all of that. And I was like, I get it. Like, I think Death Note. I think Death Note. It's like you and I were sort of texting back and forth. Death Note is definitely like jumps the shark hard. Um, mm-hmm. But Reversi and that that whole process, I think, really explains a lot to me about that um yeah but um yeah bakuman is awesome uh it, it's so awesome that it's put me in a totally like i've been watching a lot of slice of life um anime um mm-hmm. because like the the one sort of like sh- like actual shonen battle manga that i've been wa- like or anime that i've i've been watching is uh uh Jujutsu Kaisen, and I don't think okay. there are any new episodes of that. That one's awesome, by the way. Um, okay, nice, nice. But I've been sort of just watching a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, but then, like I said, I watched uh, Madoka or Madoka or whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. I told you I was like, watch it because I think it's a bit of a master's class. Um, but it's also mm-hmm. anime, so um, <laughs> and it's magical. It's it's a deconstruction of magical, like. This is feels really weird coming out of my mouth. I would, mm-hmm. but like, I think this is a bit of a must watch. Um, gotcha. I don't, I don't even like that genre. I think mm. that genre is pretty despicable for the most part. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. this, this, this is COVID brain Nate. He is talking about the masterpieces of. Uh, of magical girl anime and slice of life anime. Yeah, this um, is this is a weird episode. Well, dude, I think what what it <laughs> was is like I just there was like so much grim dark going on for a while, and then I played. Oh yeah, I played Final Fantasy Nine, and it was like mm-hmm. I want sweet stories, and I was watching Bakuman, and I was like, this is yeah. like really cute and wholesome and cool. And it's like I just want. Which Madoka is none of that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. It is none of that. Um, okay. It but is. It, yeah, I actually, it's funny that you, that you compare those two. It's funny that you were going through both of those at the same time. Cause I think, I think both of them, um, one of the really strong things that they do is, is you see the characters struggle. Um, and, but you see the hope through it all. You, you talked about how hopeful it is. Uh, Final yeah. Fantasy nine is, I think, I think in both Bakuman and Final Fantasy nine, you get to see that. And so, yeah, it is, it is, well, you said, yeah, you said sweet. Yes. Yes, it is. And you, you just, you just root for them. You, you connect with these characters and yeah. Yeah. It's good. Stuff. And it, it's like, yeah, it's, there's a lot of characters where I'm playing the game and I'm like, I don't like you. Like <laughs> I do not like you. You're such a cynic. I. It's like let. And there's a part of me. It's like I don't need any 
any cynicism. I've got plenty. I've got my yeah. own cynicism and skepticism. Right. And <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty much everything that I mean. But uh, y- you know, sort of just touching on that, my backlog score just as an update because I did take mm-hmm. the the one point. Um, I was actually at a plus one. I took the my my replay point for Final Fantasy IX that put me in zero, and then because I beat Voice of Cards, the Isle of Dragon Roars. Puts me at negative one. And speaking of backlog, the backlog beatdown, GG is the official app of the backlog beatdown. And we have that, and it's officially official. We got permission and sanctioned the blessing of the creator of the GG app himself, Charles Watson. uh, Friend of the show, did his second ever podcast appearance right here on the beatdown or the breakdown, I believe. it was a good time. We did some reminiscing and uh, yeah, I was, it was, there were some shenanigans, some shenanigans, um, <laughs> but uh, it was, it was a good time. And, uh, but so yeah, if, you know, if you're following along and you want to participate in the beatdown, the GG is, is the app that we recommend for using. Uh, it's a tracking app. It tracks your collection. You can create custom lists. Um, and pretty much since the beatdown is all about just like the the basically tracking your acquisitions and tracking the games that you played this it's ideal it's basically the letterboxed app for your game collection we love it uh we love charles uh we've been big supporters of that project for a long time uh we're both on it and we totally recommend it so uh go ahead get on gg uh talking about other things if you like what we do uh we do have a patreon um and we want you to think of it as a bit of a tip jar. You know, obviously, if you're listening to this part in time, you probably subscribed. You you might have even have left us a review or rating. And if you haven't done that, then please, by all means, do. But, mm. right? Um, but if you want to do a little bit above and beyond, you want to do a little bit extra, you know, consider donating to our Patreon. Um, you know, even for a buck, right? You get early access to this, early and uncut access to every episode. Um, there's actually exclusive episodes uh, for for the brochachos. It's what we call our, our or brochachettes, you know, uh, for what we call our 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 patron supporters. We have no brochachettes. We have no lady brochachos yet. Um, but I mean, I guess you could call my wife one, but and your wife one, but. You know, hmm. they they put up with us. They don't actually financially support us. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, and and then you know, there, there's a few benefits. Uh, the 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 patrons do have more access to us. They have a little bit more uh, of a voice in helping to shape the show. Uh, there's video access or like video content. Um, we actually have some nice new cameras and. Uh, we're going to be doing some video at, we're, at some point in time, we're going to be rolling out some video stuff on YouTube. Once we figure out the logistics of that and mostly that's me figuring, but anyways, but yeah, if you want to watch like uncut video and all that stuff and see all of our weird expressions and you know, just mm-hmm. all the weird looks I shoot Josh and all the like just the, all the times that he just amuses himself and just all the weird things that we do. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. like that whatever that was dude um <laughs> you can see that uh you know via the the patreon uh, and lastly we are uh proud members of the playwell network we love paul 
uh, the artist formerly known as the techno funk boy, and Wesley, the henshin dad himself. Like, we love those guys. We are proud to partner with them. And uh, that being said, here's a word from one of them. I am to understand that you have summoned me. I, I did, the boy said excitedly. I can't believe it worked. It has worked, and I have come. Will you invite me in? The smile on Fortosio's lips was wide then, and if Wasson had been paying attention, he might have noticed the unusual length of Fortosio's eye teeth. But Wasson was too excited to notice. I would like to invite you on an adventure through my perilous realms. On Paul Lytle's Perilous Realms, I am serializing my audiobooks with an episode every week. We will go one book at a time through fantastic worlds and dangerous quests, all from the relative safety of your podcast app. To take up one of these journeys, check out Paul Lytle's Perilous Realms on your podcast app. That's Paul Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E, or search for Perilous Realms. And we're back. Yes, back we with are. more Nate on the COVID. Hey, oh, but um, I see what what do you have there slung over your shoulder? Good, sir. Is uh, that is that a bag of mail? No, no, dude. <laughs> uh, I, I see. I see what you're trying to do there. And I firmly just like <laughs> slap you down. No, uh, we are doing the mailbag. Yes. Um. We're doing a mailbag episode. We've tried to do these before. We have not always gotten the best responses, but we we got some good ones uh, this yeah. time this time yeah. around. So quite a bit. Um, we basically we were supposed to have a guest, and they need to reschedule, and that's not a problem because you know it's not a problem. But we mm-hmm. did reach out to some of the listeners in the Discord. Uh, I think I reached out in the Facebook group proper in a mm-hmm. bunch of different message threads and we were like uh you guys have any questions you want us to answer and uh some of you did not disappoint others well yeah whatever uh, you know i'm not i'm not mad i'm just disappointed all the time <laughs> so so some of you did disappoint some of you others you're did disappointed totally disappointed um but i thought too you know based on some of the questions we got mm-hmm. it might be this this could serve as a bit of an interesting refresher um a little bit of get to know your hosts um for listeners who are sort of new so that you don't have to go back and listen to all of the other episodes i mean you can if you want to eh, i don't know if i highly recommend some of that <laughs> stuff some of it's really great some of that early stuff is, is is probably just gold, or at least I want to believe it's gold. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But there are other bits Definitely. where I'm like, not so much. Um, so I'm actually, like I said, we we have sort of questions. We've we've collated a bunch of questions, and they're sort of all over the place here. But I thought a good one to start up with, if I can get. Are you going to work with me, Discord? No. Uh-oh. No, Discord, Discord's like, oh, there we go. Uh, Paul, uh, the artist formerly known as Techno Funk Boy, uh, he posed in one of the question or the question he sort of asked in, in one of the, the threads was, well, and he said it this way, you probably told this story at some point, but how was it that the two of you ended up together doing this podcast? Um, we have told this story before. But that's 
that's okay. We'll tell it again. Mm. Yeah, you know, knowing Paul, it might have been sarcastic. Maybe we've mentioned this multiple times, and he's um, just like, "Why don't you?" Let's yeah, do it again. Let's do it maybe, again. Maybe maybe he's doing it just to like sort of like mock us. But uh, <laughs> so a few years ago. I had sort of been wanting to do a bit of a podcast for the book club anyways. Uh, I didn't really have all the bones worked out. I We had done some like Google Hangout stuff and we had tried to sort of gather like a bit of a round table to have some conversations about games we were playing. We had tried to do some of this stuff and, and it had been like limited success kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had done an episode of... Uh, TRG with Logan, where you guys talked about Dark Souls, and I really enjoyed your conversation with him on that. And I was like, "Man, that's that's pretty cool." And you were doing you were doing a podcast uh, with Sam, called mm-hmm. your wife Samantha, called "So Talk to Me." And I just, I yeah, you, know, you and I had been Facebook friends for a while. And I just reached mm-hmm. out to you and said, "Hey, man, I, I'd like to do something for the book club. That's like a." you know, where we just talk about games, you know, a little more in depth and just, we, we could sort of like do some deep dives on, on just some of the, like the philosophy and narrative and, and just, you know, we could be really good at being bad at brevity. Um, and yeah. initially I, I totally, I was like, it, it'll be like an hour and a half every couple of weeks. it would be very low key investment. And uh, it did not, go that way um <laughs> turns out we like to talk it turns out that we we are very good at being bad at brevity um mm-hmm. we like to talk we're, we're a couple of chatty cathy's and yeah. so yeah uh and the, here we're it's it's been two three four ish years i don't know I don't know. I don't. Yeah, something like that it's it's been a while and almost the this is actually episode 96 uh, yeah, we're almost a hundred episodes later and several years and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's, that's the, I mean, that's the real quick and dirty version of how the podcast got started. It was just, yeah. we, we were sort of looking for a format to maybe have some more in depth, deeper conversations about games, uh, mm-hmm. maybe looking to invite people to join us in some of that. And, uh, yeah, I apologize. I am sucking on a cough drop. So if anybody <laughs> can hear that sort of clicking around every once in a while, that's what that is. Super um, fun. Super yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but to 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 tell you the truth, like, yes, we were Facebook friends. Like, we knew mm-hmm. of each other from uh, from the Reform Gamers, stuff like that. But we, di- we hadn't really, like, talked that much before we decided to start this. Like we did, we have our episode zero where we had a bunch of friends on, um, you know, we had like what, four or five people on that episode just to kind well, of like, there were four or five people total for the entirety of that. But that yeah. particular clip is you, me and Jesse okay. talking about yeah. Taco Bell. Yes. Yes. Those, the, yeah, the clips that we pulled from that, that was, that was fun. Uh, that, you know, cause we didn't, we didn't do the whole conversation, but we kind of like, that was kind of where we pitched the idea um, because originally, originally, a fun fact, 
um, this was what we had in mind was more of like a book club where we would have lots of people like basically we would have a community of people who would do the podcast and whoever was available, you know, that week or two would come on and, and we'd all just kind of talk, uh, like the, you know, basically you would need kind of your, your staples. So like me and Nate were, we were planning on like, yeah, we, we can, we can like commit to this for most, mm -hmm. you know, most weeks or we, it was bi-weekly. We started it and it was bi-weekly. Like we weren't going to do yeah, the uh, original every single week. The original premise was supposed to be much more like the book club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, hasn't quite panned out that way, but I do like, I, I, I st I really like the fact that we have like other contributors for bite size and things like that. Like mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's a really cool aspect of one of the things that we do and I I don't ever want to lose that of just like yeah for like try an episode, you know, like let's let's talk yeah, about this kind of Yeah. And just take a quick second here. I know that we do have some new listeners like legitimately like we encourage people to do bite sizes, to do or bite sized Mm -hmm. That DS sound, man. This, <laughs> this is my brain on COVID. Um, sized episodes. There you go. But yeah, we we encourage that, like, um, you know, and like the thing is, like, we will, you know, there's a certain bar for like maybe audio quality that we kind mm -hmm. of like, and we do uh, sort of. We do exercise veto power. So just because you submit something doesn't mean that we'll just be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yep. Like, and mm -hmm. like we try to sort of give things a once over. And, uh, but yeah, we, we do want to just encourage people to like, hey, if you think that you, you have an idea for a bite size that you'd like to, to run, like reach out to us. Like, mm -hmm. or if, even if there's a topic that you want to sort of like hop on the mics with us, like we are usually pretty game for that stuff too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, totally, totally. It's a good time. The only other thing that I'll add to, uh, kind of, since we're talking about the genesis of the podcast, I, uh, I, I'll just say this was your idea. Like this, this was something that you really wanted to do. And I was kind of just like, that would be fun. Cause you know, I'd been listening to the reform gamers from the beginning. Um, I, I obviously I enjoy video games and then, you know, crazy enough, I do like to talk quite a bit. Like I, I didn't know that about myself until you throw a microphone in front of my face and then I just ramble. Um, and it's just diarrhea of the mouth everywhere. It's so gross. <laughs> so um, it's like, it's like a bunch of constipated babies just let loose <laughs> all at once. All in uh -oh. your ears. <laughs> but, but, but. Yeah, so like I, I was just like, yeah, that that would be a cool outlet if I was able to, you know, talk about video games every couple of weeks. Let's let's go ahead and try this out. But it was really, it was something that you really wanted to do. You asked if I would be interested in it, and because I've had like none of my podcasts have ever like taken off or anything like that, but. I enjoy it. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I had a little bit of experience podcasting and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So you reached out to me and asked if I, if I would be one of like those staple voices for it. So I was like, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, you know, that sounds like fun. And yeah, here we are. I, th I think it was 2018 is when we went official with this, which is crazy to think about. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 2018. Years, might, it might be 2019, but I'm pretty sure it was 2018. Uh, so yeah, crazy times. I crazy mean, times. I could, I could look back, but I'm just, I'm not going to. 
it's it's not that important to me. Um, it's just <laughs> we've been doing this for a few years. And it's been yeah. fun, and we just keep going. Um, and yeah. y- you know, for anybody who's like looking at it, yes, we have significantly more than 100 episodes because it it was probably. Right maybe six months into it, I was like, I pitched the format, uh, adding the bite-sized episodes where it's mm-hmm. like, we could just take 15 minutes to 15, 20 minutes. Like, yeah, I, I, I was like, well, let's throw these in. It'll give us, you know, if we want to talk about something else for a few minutes and, uh, but yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. that was, I think the first question, I think honestly we should move on to Alex's question. Um, Okay. Sort of you don't a, want to just finish the rest of Paul's because he had a few other, no, few other ones. We we might double back. Some of them are very silly, and okay, some of them I I just like like <laughs> n- no no sir no I say I say no no. <laughs> um, do you want? How about you read that one? Um, okay, Alex's if you don't mind. Okay, we're going down the list here. Alex actually has six questions, the most out of anyone, out of any of our submissions. And Alex, uh, welcome again. He's Brochacho, Alex mm-hmm. Castellanos. Um, so question number one, Android or Apple? I'm an Apple guy. to go guy. first because we have, we have different answers to this one. Yeah, I'm an Android guy. So I like the customizability of Android rather than the uniformity of Apple. So I have been in the Apple... Um, you know, ecosphere for mm-hmm. years at this point in time. And I'm, I'm invested in it. And frankly, I just, I like the fact that like my phone just works like, yeah. and I know how to work it and I don't need to dink around with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think, I think that's, that's like one of the biggest that along with the, how it connects to um, mm-hmm. all the different like Apple products. I think those are the biggest, uh, pros for going apple i'm not an anti-apple guy so even though i'm an android i've never actually had an iphone um i'm not anti-apple it's just like you make your decision and and you kind of you go with it so i prefer android for myself but android's not for everyone like it, it doesn't offend me that people own, uh, that people yeah. invest in Apple products. I think they're wildly expensive for what they are. Um, for the most part, you know, phones, phones are this, this weird area where it's like, actually, that probably should be $5,000, but there are some unethical things into how those things are made. And so they're actually $1,500, but then there are discounts that like magical discounts through phone companies so they're actually maybe a hundred dollars. So phones are just weird. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I just for a point of clarity, um, Megan and I, and I, and I think I probably already shared this on the podcast proper, but we recently upgraded phones and we got ours for free. Like we traded in our old ones and we got 13s. We got the, the new iPhone 13 um, for, for no monies. Like we are, th- these things are already paid for which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, we typically don't do that. Like we, we're yep. normally like a gen or two behind mm-hmm. and, um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. That's, I always got a year or two behind until the, uh, actually last year, 2021, when there there was this crazy Samsung deal. I traded in my phone and I got the newest version of the Samsung, like basic model for free, which yeah. I was just like, wait, that's possible. Like what? Yeah. Uh, so 
Anyways, anyways, the question was Android or Apple, but here we are, like d- talking about all. Really good at being bad at brevity, bro. Okay, so number two, Chinese food or Italian food? Now that is a good question. See, I am not um, picky, and so I like all the foods pretty much. There's there's my, a handful of foods. My answer that I can is name. why not both? Okay. Not at the same time, but mm-hmm. why not both? Like, listen. You go to a really nice Italian place, like, and a, you get like a, a good bowl of like pasta Alfredo, like, mm-hmm. man, banging. Like, even yes. like if you get like a good red sauce, like a good like marinara or a good, uh, what's the other? Oh, there's I'm another sure red sauce. But, um, like, you get like, you know, dude, a good, good pasta dish is good pasta. Like, yes. Now, if you ask me, like, which one, like, I'm going to prefer, like, most of the time, like if it's like, hey, I'd rather have Chinese. I, I, okay. Like, dude. Okay. General Tso's and some fried rice. That's like mm-hmm. my go-to, and I will, I will crush that. Like, nice. But like, if you're like, if the question is like, which one do you slightly prefer? I'm like Chinese. Mm-hmm. But okay. if you're like, okay. you know, if the question is like, you have to pick one, I'm like, nah, bro, not doing that, man. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like both I those. I can't. Yeah. So so the thing is, my wife actually doesn't really like Chinese food in general. So we rarely eat Chinese food. Um. Mm. So I, I would probably lean more towards Italian just for that reason. I. Okay. But if you ask Asian food, so mm. so we eat ramen all the time, and and that ranges from like the twenty cent stuff you can get at the store up until you know like paying. Uh, well, <laughs> like three or four dollars for a package, or there are some gourmet ra- ramen. I was gonna say, like, dude, here go, in Austin go get like a twenty dollar like ramen super, bowl, man. Yes, mm. yes, so good. So, um, so I'm thinking Japanese is. Well. I mean, we we've also had actually Samantha wants to go check out a Korean restaurant. Um, we're really big into Indian food, of course. That's that's going a little too far. That's not really related to to Chinese. Yeah, Indians so, the bomb, dude. Yeah, so Chicken good. Chicken tikka so mm. mm. Yes, yes. Um, but so like if you're saying just Chinese or Italian, I'd probably have to go with Italian. Although like, dude, give me either and I will be a happy man because I'm I'm not picky. One of one of probably the best meals I've ever had was Italian food. Uh, I was at a real upscale restaurant. I think it was our first or second anniversary. Um, and so it was a place where, you know, like they're actually like kneading the dough to make the noodles mm-hmm. in the back kind of a thing. And Oh, so good. Um, so th- yeah, I mean, I, I like both of them. I'd probably go Italian if, but if you expanded that out to just like Asian food in general, I'd probably lean more towards that just because I tend to eat more of that now. Now we make rice balls and stuff like that here at home. It's, mm-hmm. it's a fun thing for us to, so yeah, yeah, that's where I stand. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I hate I hate how I just tend to draw all these out. Okay, question three: Game Boy Advance or PS Vita? This is a weird question. No, dude. I feel like those are totally different generations. This is like, dude. This is the hardest question on this on this for me. Because okay, okay. If we're saying like Game Boy Advance SP. Are we saying like all of the Game Boy Advance family, which would include yeah. the SP versus yeah. the PS Vita, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hard pressed because the Game Boy Advance SP is probably my favorite handheld console ever. Like okay. that for me was like I I had one of those when I was deployed. That thing went with me everywhere, man. 
Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've owned, I still have one that works. Um, I've owned like five of those things and wow. I, I love that little clamshell. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're saying like the, the old, like original form mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance GBA versus the Vita, oh, the Vita is like hands down way better. I mean, mm-hmm. the Vita is just a m- much more robust system. Right, right. That but, that's like, what makes it difficult for me. I mean, it only has like an A and B button on the. But on the, the SP <laughs> is like no, and it's got two shoulder bumpers. Right. Yes. But mm-hmm. do they have XY? No, no I'm thinking not about on it. advance. Right. It wasn't until DS when they when they introduced that. I'm playing Mother Three right now, dude. Um, it's only okay. A and B. <laughs> okay. But anyways, yeah, I'm just saying like. The the Game Boy and even like the Game Boy Advance Micro is a mm-hmm. heck of a like those things are awesome. Mm-hmm. Like those are arguably like and I think like there's a wealth of really really top shelf GBA games. Like yeah. there's uh the Metroid remakes. So Fusion mm-hmm. and Zero Mission are both there. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of like NES and SNES games that got released as carts. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, mm-hmm. that one's like, like if, like I said, if you're pitting like just like the base model Game Boy Advance versus the Vita, mm-hmm. like I'm like, uh, Vita wins. But if you're saying like the SP or the Micro and like all of that library, because I think too, it's not just mm-hmm. like the, the system. It's also the library. And as oh, much definitely. as I, I love my Vita, yo, that SP has like the better library. There's a whole bunch of like GBA uh, Castlevania games. They're awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is like, like I said, that might, this might be the hardest question for me. Like, yeah. So I'm, I have to like say conditional. Like if we're talking just like one for one, we're talking like OG original PS Vita versus original gba i'm like ps vita wins it's it's a heck of a like i love my vita Mm -hmm. but if we're talking like no you can like i can dip into the sp or the micro because they've got the backlit screens and like Mm -hmm. dude form fact like plus that library it's it's the it's the game boy advance hands down okay okay so here's here's where my brain goes is just reading that I immediately go towards PS Vita, which is surprising because I'm more of a retro kind of gamer. Um, I have just personally played a lot more Vita than I have Game Boy Advance. Game Boy Advance came out and was popular during a time in my life where I wasn't playing very many video Mm -hmm. games and or I wasn't really playing handheld. I did later go back and get an original model Game Boy Advance, literally $20. I used birthday money and I was like, oh, this is $20 used. Like, yeah, I'm going to pick that up. Heck and yeah. I got Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy Tactics Advance uh, for and oh. like whole thing was like fifty bucks, dude. Final you know, Fantasy for like all those. There's Final Fantasy Six Advance and Final Fantasy Four Advance, Oof. which are Oof. like like basically pixel perfect. You know, uh, well as much as you can on the smaller screen. I mean, it it's yeah, not it, it, it's not like a yeah one to one, but I'm saying like on those screens, like dude, mm-hmm. like. They yes. are very good ports. Excellent mm-hmm. ports. 
Yeah. So unfortunately, I am not, I don't know the library as well. And I, so I've just played a lot more Vita than I have Game Boy Advance. However, um, when we're looking at libraries, honestly, on Vita, I've played a lot of older games. Like one of the big things about Vita that I was excited about is the, um, is the PSN store and the old games that now I can play them portably. I don't have to be tied to a TV to play mm-hmm. an old PlayStation. Like Xenogears, I'm not going to sit in front of my TV for 80 hours to play that. Like that's just not, it's not feasible in my life right now. But handheld, I might be able to squeeze that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I have played a lot more uh, of those older titles. Well, okay, then you look at Game Boy Advance, and then you're talking, oh, yeah, there are all these really cool ports. Also, it's backwards compatible with Game Boy and Game Boy Color on some of the, the Game Boy Advance, not, not all of the iterations. But, like, does that factor into it? Because if so, Advance probably has, like, you're talking about the better um, overall. Uh, Dude, uh, there, were, there were these, like, crazy, um, I can't remember what the name of it was, but there were these crazy, um, they, they were GBA games, or maybe they were Game Boy games. But they had a solar. Oh yeah, Boktai. Boktai. Yes. Was that was Hideo Kojima, wasn't it? Was it Kojima? I know it was one of those auteur, one of those weird auteurs. But uh, that that made those games. But uh, I, but I, I remember playing those, and I was like, oh man, this game is so cool. Except for nice. like, you couldn't see anything <laughs> under gotcha. the like. You'd be like trying to like get the stand in the sun but then get the the sun on the solar it was like really mm-hmm. great in theory um and it was really cool but holy crap a solar panel thing like getting it in the sun <laughs> was not really great idea yeah. terrible execution yeah well that's that's kojima for you no i'm just kidding um it was you're right it is kojima yes mm-hmm. who had his hand in that also Mega Man Battle Network that started on mm-hmm. Game Boy Advance. Totally forgot about that. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, that's that's what I'm going to say. Is like PS Vita is where my mind first goes because I played more of it. If I were to sit down and look at the libraries, I my heart says Advance. That's like, just where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, like if somebody was like, well, no, I probably wouldn't take that trade. But <laughs> I, I have a Vita and I have a working SP. So I don't have to choose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why? Why? Why do that? Um, okay. Like, question four. DC or Marvel? Okay. I'm a Marvel guy. All the way. I, I like I like the bright I just, colors. I like the um the more bombastic feel for it. I don't like quite... either one of them all that much. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. I think like it's one of those things. Marvel, I think, has just had the more consistent sort of success in a lot mm-hmm. of ways as far as the cinematic universe. But DC, Marvel has the better characters. This is what I'll say. Marvel mm-hmm. has better characters. Uh, Lo- Logan, like Wolverine and Spider-Man are two of my favorite comic book heroes of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but DC has better story lines, or at least did for okay. a long time. and. Mm-hmm. I mean, Superman's kind of boring. Like, if you're saying, like, uh, if if I have to, like, I'm not really a huge fan of it, but I, I'd say Marvel. Okay. Okay. Like, okay. I'm just kind of yeah. like, eh. 
Yeah. yeah. Full disclosure. I mean, I'm like super jaded on the movies at this point. Like, I'm not really looking forward to hardly when I, like, anything. Like, I still buy comic books, and most of okay. the comic books cool. I buy are either some sort of, are usually a DC um, imprint, which, like, I okay. get a lot of stuff through Vertigo, or, uh, which is their adult, imp- their mature imprint. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I also get like just a lot. I I tend to get a lot of independent stuff. But yeah, like I've probably read more storylines and runs on Marvel side of things than DCs. Okay. Okay. Like yeah. See, so you're way more versed than I am. <laughs> I I was like uh, half price books pickups <laughs> when I was and, younger. And the Ultraman comics are Marvel. So yeah, Marvel's mm-hmm. a hard lock for me then. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yes, I love it. All right, PC or Mac? Oh, I feel like we already answered this question, but uh <laughs> Well, no, no because one was phones and one's yeah. I'm I would I would say curious. I'm probably I would not be opposed to getting a Mac, but mm-hmm. I'm probably more PC. Yeah. I've Yeah. I, I was I was gonna say I'm I'm definitely a PC guy. I'm actually uh, with my role changing at the church. I'm moving back to PC. Um, I used Macs for a time. I own a MacBook as well, um, an older one that I had gotten off Craigslist, um, but it served me well. Again, I'm not an anti Apple guy. It just it's made for you to to buy into that ecosystem, mm-hmm. and because I'm not. And I like the customizability. So so one of the things, the danger, the best thing about PC and the danger about PC is it's so customizable. Like you can put it together yourself. You can upgrade your parts if you want to. You can mess with the BIOS and and dig around in there, which means you can fix things when they go wrong with that you can't really that easily with Apple. Um but it also means you can mess things up a lot easier. It means some things won't be compatible. Although, like with Apple, it's like if it's not compatible, it's just straight not going to be compatible ever. Whereas, like with PC, oh, you can kind of dinker in and sort of make things work. And but that might also cause problems in other areas. So I think it's different now too that they're using sort of basically the same infrastructure. It used to be mm-hmm. for years that. Basically, if you were using Mac or Apple, you weren't going to get a virus or the the viruses were very limited because mm-hmm. um, hackers and, you know, bad actors weren't super interested in attacking the, the Apple infrastructure and the Apple mm-hmm. operating systems. Uh, that is not the case anymore. And so mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like, which one, which environment are you more comfortable with now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think. In, oh, I, w- I was just going to say, like, again, not anti Apple. I think their M1 chips look amazing. Like, it's mm-hmm. really cool. I think Apple is able, because they're so um, systematized in what they create, like, they're creating all the different pieces, they're able to pull a lot more performance from technically worse parts, but like, mm-hmm. they actually run better. Um, than they do because PC has to has to be able to well, um, connect with all kinds of other stuff. So PCs. So here's here's the thing, and it's sort of I think we're seeing echoes of this sort of even in the the Sony and Microsoft stuff, right? Is that Macs? I think are more hardware centric in the sense that they're finesse machines, right? Mm-hmm. 
and talk about the M1 chip and just sort of what they like, they're able to extract way more performance out of like technically lower grade components. Yes. And I think that's because like their engineering, their hardware engineering solutions are a lot more elegant. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with PC, the it's a lot of it's just brute force. It's like mm-hmm. overclocking and it's like just the throw, throw, throw more RAM at it, throw more process, you know, where, and I think that it's sort of similar to like, you know, the Xbox is a brute force machine and the PS5 is more of a finesse machine. It's kind of like, dude, it's like, you know, a Ford Mustang, it's like a, you know, a, a Shelby Mustang Cobra and a Ferrari, you know, or a Porsche. I don't know. Maybe not. Mm. Yeah. A, a Porsche versus a Shelby Mustang. Like they're both real fast. Mm-hmm. One of them is like four cylinders. The other is more than that. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's how they get there is, yeah. you know, you know, very well, some Porsches are six cylinders, but anyway, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yes. it's, yeah. it's, it's the solution. And one of those is brute force. And one of those is an elegant, a much more elegant solution. But mm-hmm. that's yep. just me. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, also, you pay out the butt for a Mac for Apple products. Hmm. But right, although, now, right it, now you're paying through the nose for PC stuff too, man. No joke. No <laughs> joke. And uh, and yeah, even even that whole, what I just mentioned about the M1 chip, it's like you you get performance for the, for the price too. So, uh, Okay, last question from Alex. Mario or Sonic? Hands down, Pla- Mario for me. Platformers are trash. Um, no, <laughs> hot take. No, um, if I had to pick one, it's it's Mario. Um, okay. I mean, uh, Mario Three is like, I mean, it's one of the greatest games of all time. Mm-hmm. And I think you can say Sonic games are pretty good, but man, Mar like Mario is just like got a consistency that just yes. Yes, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is like is 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 Mario has a track record of consistently amazing games. Yeah. Whereas like the first few Sonic games were really good. Like, it's like I, you, you I peaked at maybe ag- you, they peaked at like Sonic three, and then it's kind of yeah. like eh. yeah. And and I don't I don't I'm not anti Sonic. I don't dislike Sonic. I like him as a character. I liked the the '90s cartoon show with Urkel um voicing him so i i do like sonic but uh, there there's a lot of bad janky games that you don't you don't get that consistent quality i don't know if a sonic game is to come out i expect it not to not to be a good game whereas i, if I Mario, expect it to be Mario middling game, at best yeah yeah so so i'm surprised by the really good ones <laughs> so that uh, so mario hands down for me and that is all six of Alex's questions. I'm mm-hmm. sorry if that was supposed to be rapid fire. But, no. uh, that's just how we roll. Really good at being bad at brevity, bro. There you go. Well, you go. let's move on to some, some more uh, some more patron questions, you know, since okay. uh, you know, they, they do pay us. Um, so. <laughs> uh, you, you know, Micah actually has one in that mm-hmm. Facebook thread as well. And it's like, uh, he asked who should be on the Mount Rushmore of game development. Um, mm. and he mm. said mm. he could only mm. think of one lock and I, I'm like, it, it, I mean, for me, the, the, if you could probably throw in like Sakaguchi in there from, mm-hmm. um, you know, the final fantasy games, he's, 
uh, maybe Hideo Kojima is in the talks a little bit um, just because like the dudes had like, you, you know, but it's, it's gotta be Miyamoto. Like, yeah, Miyamoto, like with a bullet is like, he's probably the only lock on that. Everybody else is like, there's some re- really strong contenders, but like yeah. Miyamoto, I mean, when you're talking about like, um, just what he's done for the industry period. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Mario, the original Mario game, uh, Donkey Kong, and then Mm -hmm. Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda. It's like a a lot of, you know, the empire of Nintendo is built on Miyamoto's back, Mm -hmm. like in his creativity. Um, uh, Pikmin is is one of his like babies um, Mm -hmm. as well. So it's like, dude, uh, this guy has just like. Star Fox. Star Fox is his too. Uh, I know, I know. He's talked about like what about his uh, uh, what you call it the the arches. I can't remember what they're called. The Japanese arches and how like that that was a big part of of Star Fox. I could be I could be wrong. Maybe that was just talking about Star Fox Zero. I hope mm. not. Um, but I thought I th- mm. yeah, I could be wrong. I don't yeah. know. Um, Wesley did sort of like he he sort of he threw in Shigesato Itoi, mm-hmm. um, so that's the guy actually responsible for Mother and Earth, Earth Earthbound whatever right um, yeah I'm yeah. just like dude it's it's hard um, because they're this is still a fairly young medium mm-hmm. and it's like yeah you could say like somebody like Hideo Kojima is definitely in the running. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say like, you, you have to throw Sakaguchi, um, in there just because like, because of his contributions with Final Fantasy, the Final Fantasy series, I don't, I don't, I don't know though that like, just for me, it's like nobody has the breadth of influence and that right. Miyamoto does like mm-hmm. everybody else. It's kind of like, well, you can make a case for it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like some of the other names that come to mind for me are like Eiji Onuma, um, for the for the later Zelda games. Mm. Um, oh, why can't I? I just I just completely lost it. Um, uh, you know, there there could be a small case for Yoko Taro just because he is one of those auteurs, but like, especially with some of those people who just haven't made that many games, like even even Kojima. You know, he's made like a dozen games, I want to say. Could be totally wrong on that. Sorry. Um, but like if if everything he did was scrubbed from history, I'm not sure video games as a medium would be that different. Whereas like Miyamoto, they would be drastically different. Um, uh, oh, the one that I was thinking of was, oh my gosh, why can't I think of his name? He was president of Nintendo until he uh, he passed away a few years ago. Um, oh, uh, I can't. I think think of his stinking name. Um, the guy who saved uh, Earthbound. No, he saved Pokemon Gold and Silver. Um, but I know he also he also helped. Uh, he was from HAL Laboratories. My goodness, why can't I think of his name? I feel it's, very dumb. I'm sure you guys. It's out right there are here. Like, yeah, uh, we know. Um, Man, we are Bowser. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reggie Fizome. <laughs> yes, yes. Reggie Fizome. Uh, My body is ready. Uh, uh, he invented yes. the stuffed crust pizza. 
Um, <laughs> Satoru Iwata. Yeah, that's um, I I I wanted to say I almost said Sakurai, but I was like, no, that's not it. But it's oh, like yeah. Satoru. Satoru yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. But even Iwata. he's more behind the scenes. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard to uh, to put anyone next to Miyamoto just because because he has such a uh, such a breadth. Well, and, such a and it's like you you sort of th- it's like you look at how like long ranging his sort of reach is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sort of if you're using that metric, like if you sort of scrubbed out the entirety of their work, does that change what video games look like? And he's one of the only people where I'm like, absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, if you you scrub out what Miyamoto created, video games do not look anything. Or at least, I, I think it greatly sort of inhibits the growth of games. It's not to say that mm-hmm. we wouldn't have gotten there or where we're at, but I think mm-hmm. it's still... But- yeah, there's this, and I know that, man, I, I don't mean to to be too, maybe this is hyperbole, I don't know, but there's just a very distinctive Japanese feel to video games that I think was largely due to his influence um, mm-hmm. that was because you think of video games before, like, Nintendo Entertainment System, you think of, like, Atari and stuff like that, and, and that has a, a more Western feel to it. Um, Miyamoto just brought, because he... A lot of the games were also, and this is just me being a nerd knowing this stuff, he brought things to the table. Like, he wanted to recreate experiences that he had had or ideas that he had had based on his experiences to, like, the this digital realm. And so he created games. You know, like, like The Legend of Zelda was, you know, based on his own kind of, like, ideas of being a kid in a fantasy world kind of a thing where... Yeah, it's just, it man, his mark is just so strong on on video games as a medium that it's hard to yeah, it's hard to compare yeah. anyone else. Um and and maybe that'll change in the next 10 years, I don't know. I don't know. I and and I know that's very Nintendo centric. My my the names that I threw out also I I just I I can't necessarily pin down other ones. And maybe it's just the video games that I play, right? Um any other like big names well, I just don't think like you know. It's when you look at it, it's like I think a lot of the reason, like even growing up, like that, it was like Nintendo, like playing Nintendo became synonymous with playing video games. It was mm-hmm. it was because of the this like Mario. It was because of Super Mario Brothers. It was because of Legend of Zelda, and like y- you just can't like. Like the thing is, like I think part of what it is is that Nintendo is inextricably linked to the video games DNA in in Mm -hmm. modern culture, and Miyamoto is inextricably like he is one of the greatest contributors to Nintendo's DNA, like Mm -hmm. and their success. Not not the sole contributor, but he is, you know. Two two of their biggest franchises are basically his creations. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Yep. 
I agree. He's the only one that's a lock. Everybody else is sort of up for debate. You know, Hideo Kojima. And I think just like, it's like you say Miyamoto and people are like, no, they know exactly who you're talking about. Um, if, if they, but like Kojima and Kojima, like his name's got some clout. And I think he does yeah. a, a yeah. lot as far as like maybe pushing the medium forward. But that's not the same thing as being like, yeah. That one's yeah. tough. Yeah. That one's tough. Yeah. Thanks, I, I like it. I like it. I feel I, like we could do a whole episode if I if I was if I came more more prepared. Um, but yeah, very good question. Uh he did have another question. Um oh, he did? submitted through a different a different medium. Yeah. Mm. On, uh, oh, on Discord. The- he said, which Will Ferrell movie should they adapt into a video game? Anchorman, Talladega Nights, or Step Brothers? And what would the gameplay look like for the winner? Fort I've, I've got some I've got some ideas. I've got some ideas. Okay, so um I, I have no idea what Anchorman would be. See, but but out of those three that he mentioned, Talladega Knights or Step Brothers, I could see Talladega Knights obviously being a racing game, right? So that could that could be kind of okay. funny. If you're not first, you're last. Uh you have to get first in all your races, you know, like just running with it. Step Brothers, and I'm I, I'm actually not a big fan of the movie in general. Um, but I could see it as a very tongue in cheek, and maybe this is just because I'm playing Mother Three, a very tongue in cheek um, RPG with heavy ri- rhythm game elements, and <laughs> with heavy rhythm game elements, yes, mm. and just have it be very like stupid and jokey all the time. And maybe you're losing a lot. Maybe you know you're just like making jokes halfway through the game. You know you're you're your brother leaves and so it's just you you get in a tiff with him and you know like i could see that as like a stupid narrative game um that could be kind of fun and of course in my brain it's like 8 bit 16 bit graphics cuz that's I, just uh, how my brain works i i actually i have a no it's not serious cuz none of this is just silly um he plays it's it's not one of his actual movies but he plays sort of uh you know, a, a very late in the, the 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 movie character, um, in Wedding Crashers, and okay, like you could basically make a really sleazy dating sim a la Leisure Suit Larry, <laughs> oh, with no. his character as a spinoff slash sequel to Wedding Crashers. Call it Funeral Crashers. Oh um, no. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, and uh, and with that, um, <laughs> there you go. That's that's my contribution to that conversation. That's, uh, that's all of that. Will, one. Will Ferrell, like, or, you know what I was? Uh, I, I was sort of going to come in here. He did. Uh, he's done a series of dramas. Um, mm-hmm. I think actually, what would be really funny is if those those videos where the the little girl is yelling at him about her rent money. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those viral videos doesn't um, ring a bell no um there were some videos that he made where they're scripted it's a little girl like, yelling at him pretending like the little girl is like playing his his landlady and like i i thought like that'd be really kind of something like i don't know like a visual novel of that 
like give, give me a visual visual novel style game where it's just him being abused by a small child verbally <laughs> and physically hmm. um hmm. but anyways yeah <laughs> i don't have anything you could make a really crappy uh 3d collectathon out of elf um barf i would not i would not recommend that don't i, I love that movie but yeah, that just it sounds like i grew up in the era of of licensed crappy licensed games so that's what oh. that's what i think of oh dude dude that really uh the stupid um buddy comedy bromance uh they, they're always dancing to what is love um Oh, um, if the Roxbury, that could be, that could actually be a really funny leisure suit, Larry kind of like dating some sleazy RPG kind of thing. I'm just saying, just saying heavy rhythm game elements with heavy rhythm rhythm game elements. (laughs) Nice. You're welcome. Nice. Um, along those same lines, uh, this is in patron, but, uh, Isaac asks, is there a game that exists only in your imagination that you would like to see come to fruition, even though it's unlikely to happen? <laughs> Years ago, um, when I was living in, in, in the crucified house with like eight other people, my one buddy sauce and I, we were sort of like workshopping a little bit of a time loop game, but it was like, a you, you solve the mystery of what happened in this town it would sort of uh, just be you'd p- play through this mystery, but then you'd also go forward with uh, it's sort of what twelve minutes ended up doing in a lot of ways. Okay, um, okay. where it's like you would sort of figure out the mystery because you'd be moving forward with as like having player knowledge, and you'd be able to search anyways. But uh, but now that sort of exists, I guess, with twelve minutes. Um, mm. Something like that. I, I'd like to play that game, but I honestly, I mean, there are games where I think about where I'm like, man, you know, it'd be really cool. Is like, like if they remaster or remake Final Fantasy Nine and Bravely Def- with that new Bravely mm-hmm. Default engine, I'd be like, yeah. I'd be all over that. Um, yeah. I, I do stuff like that all the time, where I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, this would be a really like. Uh, well, you know what? I have one. Final Fantasy VI remake, um, <laughs> and but this is one I pitched to you before. But you mm-hmm. use all of that like um, the art by uh, COVID Brain Amano. Um, all of Amano's art, Amano. you'd actually use that actual art for the sprites and everything else. Like you do it all like really high quality, hand drawn, flash. You know what I'm saying? Like that really pretty mm-hmm. aesthetic, and that would be the entire game. It would be all. Like everything would be done by him visually. Mm. Um, that game that exists only in my head, and yeah, and I wish that it was a reality. Yeah, that man, that would be cool. That would be cool. It, it, when you look at the old um, illustrations that he did for the first Final Fantasy game, and then you look at how they digitize those illustrations, it's actually pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like how close they could do that in eight bits, um, because Amano's art is—I think you use the term wispy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just—that's just how you flowy, you know. It reminds uh, me a lot of so, like fashion drawing. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in the best way. Um, so, yeah, so to translate that more, uh, yeah, with today's graphics, that, yeah, that would be, that would be insane. Um, man, I, I don't know, you know, like what chrono break, that would be, that would be pretty cool if they actually, you know, uh, actually put that out, actually made that. Um, but we've also talked about how like it, it was chrono trigger is something special. It can't really be redone. Um, it's just, yeah, it, I, I don't think it, the, the spirit of that game, because it was a, a collaboration, um, I, I don't see how you would be able to, to make anything like that again. Um, you'd have to, I don't know that I want a continuation of any of that story. Maybe no, but I'll tell you what, like a spiritual successor to that game, like, and mm -hmm. I think Sea of Stars honestly has potential to be, mm -hmm. be that, um, you know, there, there are so many, like, I, I think the problem is like, yeah, there are like, I have like ideas where it'd be like, oh yeah, it'd be cool if they did something like X, Y, and Z, but mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's yeah. Outside of that, I don't really have much there I, I don't really there there was a video game you know i, I was it, but it never it never really got ironed out in terms of like the ideas that i had it it, it i see some of uh some of what i wanted like ba basically the idea of of course it's an rpg because i like rpgs um where you would go up against different factions basically post-apocalyptic kind of idea, sort of neo-future kind of thing, um, where whoever is, who's controlling the world, um, there are a bunch of like smaller factions that are trying to overthrow this big power. And so you go to the different factions, and basically depending on what you do within those factions, like if you decide to like just go in and wreck shop and destroy the leader of those like basically you'd have all these different warring ideals of what of how the world ought to be ruled and so you'd go into you know where the these people who think it should be ruled this certain way and you would go to their leader and narratively you could either choose to assimilate and agree with them or take them down or you know like open up you know say whether or not they want to join you kind of a thing, like basically giving you some narrative choice there. So like tons of different endings, you know, you'd mentioned kind of looping through the, the, having the, you know, at the end of the game, the, the ruler, when you overthrow stuff, they were ruling the world through time travel. So basically a mechanic so that you can go back and, and see different endings with different factions and stuff like that. I had these ideas, but I never like, really kind of panned it out so i don't know how it would all work so it's really kind of a, a marriage of 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 mechanics and narrative it's nothing new like mm -hmm. the, like what isaac mentioned was like an open world zorro game like that's that's pretty cool like i've never heard of a zorro game before but that that like i could see a video game around that that's that's pretty cool so i don't know because that, i never really fleshed that out even in my own head uh i it's hard to it's hard to even talk about you know it's 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 not something oh man this would be so cool if they did it was just like kick kicked around the idea for a couple of weeks and yeah whatever yeah 
It's, I mean, so, like uh, we've, we've probably all, all had like that. Like, yeah, this would be cool. Open worlds are our game mm-hmm. would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's a cool character. Um, so something, something way more serious here, going back to our, uh, our bro chachos. Okay. Wes asks, which would you rather fight a horse sized duck or a duck sized horse? Duck sized horse. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't I, even I, like it, it might like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's tiny little hooves might sting and I mm-hmm. would feel bad about like booting it. Because I'd probably mm-hmm. like break all of its bones, but um, duck-sized horse, like no problem, dude. Like yeah, horse-sized I, duck, like yo, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> Once it starts like charging at you, <laughs> like it gets its wings up there, like a duck oh, that you could on? ride would be. Like, dude, because like, here's the thing: like, even that's, with a shotgun, you're gonna have to like dump a shotgun into like, like several shotguns into that. Mm. Y- you know, like you're gonna have mm-hmm. to like, if it's like just like a double ba- double barrel, like if it's pump action, like yeah, you know, maybe drop a few slugs, and after a while, it stops moving. But like, dude, like duck sized mm-hmm. horse or horse sized duck, that's no joke, man. Yeah. 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 The duck sized horse, I, I, it could take out your shins. That's what I would be weird. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah. It, it, it like starts crazy, like bucking. Man. Um, like you could, I'm, I'm saying it could shatter your That's, shins. I wear boots, really man. tried, but yeah. I wear boots. <laughs> like he goes in for my shins and I'm like, pop. Like he fi- find himself being like punted over my fence. Yeah. Or I just let my dogs have them. Be like, be like stupid, yeah, stupid tiny horse. Question. Listen, <laughs> listen. I fight with whatever, whether with whatever tool sets I have, man. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Tiny horse. All right. Um, more serious questions from the Techno Funk Boy. Why do you park in a driveway and drive in a parkway? It's one of the many mysteries of life. Stop it. Or the English language. Stop it. Um. He also asks, how much log does a backlog log before a backlog gets backlogged? <sighs> that, was, that, was, that was a good one. You got to admit, that was a good one. That one made me smile. Yeah. I'll be honest. I like it. I like it. There's, there's not really any answer to that. Just, if just a, how about no? Just no. <laughs> if a backlog is created and no one is around there to see it. Does it even there, exist? I don't know. Is it really ever logged? Um, if, uh, if you have a backlog, but you never tell anyone about it, does it really exist? <laughs> <laughs> does it still weigh on your conscience? How much does it weigh um, in grams? KJVO asks, what game do you legitimately despise and would you burn it if you found a copy? Okay, so so I get the first part of the question. The second part, none. Like, I don't care enough to burn nah. a copy of any video game. Like, I don't, I just don't care. Yeah. No, there's no game that, like, offends me in my existence enough that I actively would want to burn it. Um, what game do I legitimately despise? Final Fantasy VIII. That's the first one that comes to mind for me. Is I, like, that one makes me mad because of all the time that I put into it. <laughs> um <laughs> Dude, for me, it's it's. There's a game called Wet. Um, it was like okay. an Xbox 360, PS3 era game, 
and mm-hmm. uh, it was the chick. Uh, she was from, I think she was on Buffy. Um, okay, but she was in a show called Dollhouse. Um, okay, okay, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. Actually, sort um, of vibes a lot like the Jessica Jones gosh. actress. Um, Is it Eliza Dushku? Eliza Dushku. I think how she, did I know that? I don't know how you knew that, but it, how did it, I know that? That is, that is an so excellent weird. call. Um, but she uh, voiced the protagonist of this game, Wet, and in theory, it was supposed to be really cool because it would be like this. It was sort of very grindhousey and sort of like crime noir, okay. like kind of like mm. vibes, and then when you played it it was just like the most generic busted action game ever and i went through and beat it and i just remember being angry angry that mm-hmm. i yep. wasted my time like i was just like this game is so mediocre but like because i am sort of like the way that i am like i didn't at that point in time i did not drop off of it like now i'd be like i'd play it for like a couple hours be like oh this game sucks i'm out but then yeah. I was like, no, I have to play it. I have to finish it. And it was like, I played all the way through it. And I was just like, I really don't like this game at all. Yeah, This is like yep. the most generic piece of garbage game I've ever played in my life. And I'm kind of mad that I spent 20 hours or whatever, whatever it was mm-hmm. playing this. Like I'm kind of pissed. Yep. There, there was also a game on Nintendo 64 called Aiden Chronicles. Mm. that I really wanted to like. I tried mm. so hard to like that game and it was it was hot garbage. Not great. Uh, I think it wanted to be Elder Elder Scrolls, but it, it was just it was bad. It was really bad. Um so so not yeah, there there are a handful of games. What's that? Not super good. No. No. No, not at all. And and it was like super difficult too. So like tons of like complex systems piled on top of each other, janky Nintendo 64 game, um, you know, RPG, Western RPG, but, like, you could die from random trash mobs, like, if you didn't know what you were, if you didn't know all of the complex systems and how they they interlocked with each other. Yeah, it was no no bueno, not good. Um, I know of a bunch of, you know, like, bad games like that because they're fun to watch on YouTube. We owned uh, Superman 64, you know, never made it past the second level or whatever, third level. I don't know, whatever. The, that game's garbage. But, yeah, it's like it doesn't it doesn't personally offend me. If I see it, I don't want to, like, stomp on it. Like, I'm just like, know, just... that game sucks. It sucks that that <laughs> right. game. It sucks that that game sucks. Like, yes. Yeah, sucks to suck. I agree. Um, okay. TPD, TP, DPT. Wow. Can't even do it. DPT Basement asks if Game Shark slash Game Genie still existed, what game or games would you use it on? Or on what games have you used those on in the past? Never used the Game Shark. I, oh, wow. Ne- I never owned one. Um, okay. To, and to the best of my recollection, I've never played one. Um, or yeah, I've never used one. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe like Dark Souls because like those games are hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
like i like i'm not opposed to like using glitches or cheats but mm-hmm. um at the same time yeah it, it it that doesn't really necessarily appeal to me i don't know of like really like i i'm more for like quality of life over like oh this needs to be easier if that makes sense so mm-hmm. like if i could so okay playing mother 3 um it's emulated i can push a button on my controller to speed everything up two times it's just it's just quality of life like it's not necessarily mm-hmm. making the game any easier it's just like i can go through things faster um so there are things like that that i enjoy i guess save states you know yeah. something like that um i can't think of when i've used those in a while but i mean i am using them with with mother 3 but it's also it just makes things easier <laughs> to shut down the computer um so yeah I, I didn't like i didn't personally own any of those growing up my brother did maybe both my brothers i can't remember um and so like i'd play with really those were for just like having fun and dinking around and stuff in games you know like playing perfect dark and now you have all the weapons kind of a thing you know like i I can't think of any times that they like popped it in and was like okay i'm gonna beat this game like i legitimately want to beat this game but i can only do it with a game genie kind of a thing yeah like they're really just there to like change the they're almost used them like mods if that makes sense yeah and that's that's kind of how i see those personally but yeah i don't have it no no strong feelings there i'm just kind of like man never really used one before uh i've got one it's actually going to the 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 patreon but uh pulling trust turkey actually he uh this is a little more serious he he's in dire need of of our counsel um hey guys how do you organize slash display your games turkey needs some tips Mm -hmm. um i do not display my games most of them are stored underneath i have like a you know a sort of entertainment center cabinet thing underneath mm-hmm. the TV. Uh, I don't have a particular method. Every once in a while I'll go through there and I'll pull everything out and I'll wipe everything down and then put like, cause we, we store our, our Blu-rays and stuff down there too. Um, and all like a bunch of controllers and peripherals and all sorts of junk. It's like sort of tucked back in there. I have a bunch of older stuff, but it's, it's basically, I prioritize, prioritize the stuff I use the most frequently. So like, cause mm-hmm. we have several rows, it's, it's deep enough that we have several rows of, of games, um, cases and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I do organize everything by system, but then after mm-hmm. that, uh, it's basically prioritized on like what I'm going to be playing or what, yep. what I am playing. Other than that, I mean, I just try not to make it look like a hog pen. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's a good tip. Um, I am no help at all because I actually, all my games are stored in bins out in the garage uh, right now. I used to have them in uh, kind of similar, well, sort of like a bookcase basically. Um, and then it just became too much, you know, we got three kids and mm-hmm. like leaving stuff like that out is just not a good idea. And you need room for other things. And so like off to the garage, it went kind of a thing. So I will keep 
the games that I'm currently playing, if I if I'm playing like a physical game, I will keep the case over here at my computer desk um, until until I'm done with it. Then it goes it kind of just goes back into the garage or, you know, I'll, I'll set aside um, out of the bins that I have kind of put them on a shelf or something. Yeah. Like you, like you mentioned, kind of the next few games that really stick out that I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I should play this one next or I've just purchased it. So like Hades, I have kind of sitting out there mm, um, mm. because I know I should get play it on it. it. Um, but I, yeah, I don't really display them just because, uh, there's just not, not the room to do that. I'm also not like super, I don't know. IRL, I'm not like talking about video games all the time, kind of a thing. Like I, I think some people would be surprised that I'm as into them as I am. Um, so it's not it's not even something like I I like the fact that hey, I have this collection of games. Um, but I'm not mm-hmm. like, hey, you've come to my house, look at my library of video games. Like, no. Look at my library of video games. <laughs> That's just yeah. But that's, that's exactly just me. how I would say it. <laughs> yeah, but you'd say it like with a cigar in your mouth. Look at this! Look at this fine selection uh-huh. of video games I got over here. <laughs> I like it. You like that? I like it. Cool. Okay, um, we've got two more questions. Okay, from Jono Spark. Oh, so these are these are He's these are good beefy. Yes. Yes. Well, we can. No, that's fine. We can just we can just no. shoot through them really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's. We're not doing that, dude. You know, we're not doing that. <laughs> like for for the patrons, they're like this. This thing's three hours long, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> what, what is going on? Sorry, we did that again. Um, okay, so the first question: What is a game that hit you harder than you expected it to? May it be in terms of enjoyment or in terms of making you reflect on your experience. Um, I have a hard time pulling this away from the podcast, like games that we've talked about on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, because I I just think of like these experiences, um, you know, to a lesser experience, uh, to a lesser extent. Well, I, I was going to say Doki Doki Literature Club, but not even that. But something like um, Edith Finch, where mm-hmm. it's like I wouldn't have thought I would like that. Um, I, I would say. Yeah, to a lesser extent, the um, the uh, nonary games because they get really like weird and crazy, and that was it's it's you strap yourself in because there's it's quite a ride. Um, but also, of course, near automata, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, Silent Hill Two. You know, I yeah. I wasn't expecting that to hit in the ways that it did. So Silent Hill Two was like it's the game sucks so bad, but it's so good. <laughs> like it's yes, I just every time we talk about it, I'm like I hated playing that game, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's a game. I there are a handful of games that have sort of like left a a mark on me the way that that game has. Like right. I'd love to. Yes. I I would absolutely love to see them go back and like clean that game up mechanically, uh huh, and like make it a much more enjoyable to play experience. Because I think the storytelling there is so interesting mm-hmm. that it's really just a shame. Yeah, 
Like, oh man, because I mean, like even and, Silent Hill Two, like the PS3 version or whatever, it's not. It's like the game isn't bad. It's just super dated. Like, and it's hard. Yeah. It's tough to play. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, man. But like the ambition with the narrative, I was just like brain melty yeah yes um and actually so the game that i've been playing a plague tale if they could make it like that like i think i think that's kind of the way to do it is is have it kind of a narrative experience like that um and yeah better graphics because because there are some weird things that happen in a plague tale not Mm -hmm. not nearly as weird as as uh you mean there's no like weird nurse mannequins that no dudes with (laughs) pyramids on their head with giant mm-hmm. giant buster sword replicas mm-hmm. yeah shirtless pyramid headed beasts yeah no no nothing like that that i've experienced just rats lots and lots of rats so um, many rats yeah th- those those are the ones that kind of stick out to me as ones that hit harder you know immediate the, the closest one uh final fantasy nine um Mm. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as because it's been so long since I played it mm. um, and replaying it. It's just like, yeah, wow. That's a, that's a good one. Definitely top tier. I knew that I liked nine. Coming back to it, I was like, oh, no. I Because re- I remember for the longest time, I was like nine was like my favorite. And I would tell mm-hmm. people like this, this is the best one. And mm. um, yeah. It's, I think it still might be my favorite. Um, wow. I don't think. Man. Well, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it more. And, and yeah. it might, my opinion right, might right. change. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to like, if I'm being honest though, man, like, and I've, I've talked about it before and I'm going to mention this game, like every breath, like a game historically that just radically shifted the landscape for me was Shadow of the Colossus. The first time I okay. played that game, dude, like, yeah, I was like, video games can be something more. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I've played another game that has had like that impact or that resonance that mm-hmm. sort of just like, because there's like, yeah, you, you like the stories and you enjoyed the stories, but like the, the narrative impact of that game, it's just on, it's like orders of magnitude like better stronger than anything else i'd ever played and Mm -hmm. i just think i don't know man it it was probably right right game at the right time kind of thing and it just like but that game has like left sort of like you know for better or worse like you know and this is a very hyperbolic statement and i know it but it kind of left a mark on my soul where I was like, there's something beautiful and sort of profound and tragic about this game that I absolutely fell in love with. And I don't think mm-hmm. anything has ever sort of hit on the same level. I mean, yeah. And, and that's why I get angry when people are like, I don't get it or it's whatever. And I'm like, because I'm like, because you're stinking plebe. Stop, <laughs> stop being a, a freaking scrub. Um, get, some culture. Yeah, get, some, get some culture, you freaking knob. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, that's the one game where I'm just like, you want to talk about like historically just the game that sort of just changed everything. 
that's it. Like I loved Dragon Warrior and I love like you know, these games very early on were sort of pivotal and sort of like Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda is up there for me. Um, I just remember being absolutely enthralled with that game. Um, hmm. But you're talking about like the one that just sort of like turn it from like really i'd say like really sort of put me in in many ways i think shadow of the colossus more than any other game i've ever played put me on the path where it was like not in just like the games are games are are kind of like whatever nonsense spiel that you know sort of normally gets sort of championed or thrown out there where people are like this is valid because i like it in movies and, and, and no i'm saying like no like there's the legitimate narrative thrust here and this thing has resonance and it has impact it has a weight like on a almost metaphysical level that i mean yeah i just i i don't know man like mm-hmm yeah yeah that's cool that's cool that's yeah that's awesome that you got that from from shadow of the colossus um i'm thinking of other kind of narrative games uh in a kind of similar vein something like journey that's Um, a that's a good one yeah that's a good one for that yeah did i mention edith finch yeah Edith Finch, Edith Finch also sort of like, and I, I just think it's like that, that some of that narrative heavyweight stuff like these. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, it, and especially cause he asked what made that made you reflect on your experience. Um, and that like, yeah, Edith Finch for such a short time mm. period of actually playing the game, it like sticks with you because you're, you're mulling over. Okay. What did this mean? Like what, you know, what, yeah, yeah, you're you're going through things like that. I think another game that does that a similar thing. Um, it's a walking sim. It's called The Beginner's Guide. Um, it that one also had me, like, really kind of reflecting on what it had to say and the ideas of, um, you know, there's this postmodern idea of the death of the author, um, but like authorial intent, mm-hmm. I will say, and uh, yeah. Yeah, that it, it's it's a good one to to kind of if you want to sit and think after you're done with a video game, that's one of them. And then of course, you know, mentioned near Automata. Kind of, I think mm. I that's that's the beauty of the game is the reflection that I've had after it. Not necessarily the you know, the game gameplay's fun. I enjoyed my time playing that game, um, but that's not what caused me to reflect on it. It was the you know kind of narrative and what. Yokotaro was trying to say through the game that uh, caused me to stop and whoa yeah okay yeah um, even where you know, I think like the some of these <coughs> auteurs are like just like I'm like that's a really noble effort but ultimately I think you sort of land in sort of like shaky territory but yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely definitely um yeah I, I like to reflect on SMT games as well because mm. of the different, the, the ways that it gives you different options and things. And, uh, yeah, man. Um, I'll say what game hit me harder than I expected it to in terms of enjoyment. 
kind of the whole Dark Souls series, I wasn't sure that I was gonna like it. Mm. Um, but man, when you're when you fail and you fail and you fail, and then you finally like, oh, you're so close, you fail again. Okay, okay, you muster up the courage, you go again, and then you take down the boss. Oh, that feels so good. Feels so good. And that can be uh that that can go against you because then you're up all night playing be- because you're on this like adrenaline high um but I, yeah. I yeah i didn't expect to enjoy those types of games as much as i do but they they do get their hooks in you, you know what a, a game that like sort of was an unexpected delight for me honestly was hollow knight yes you're yep that was that that, that was the next thing that popped that, in my head. that game i I mean, we, we had a little bit of conversation in the, the Dear Critics and like, I'm just like, dude, and, and part of the reason I came out with my position, my position was a bit of a hot take, but I don't think it's absolutely insane. I think it was a, little, a lot more coherent than people want to give me credit for, but <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but mm-hmm. part of that was because like, I don't think I've ever been so charmed by a game in my 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 life. Mm. I I do, like even though it is like absolutely punishing at times, like I was absolutely just enamored with that game. I was like mm-hmm. that's that's up there with me for like I mean Hades sort of I I, I mm-hmm. kind of knew I was going to like Hades. I like I love okay. Super Giant Fair stuff. Enough. But Hollow Knight yeah. was just sort of like came out of left field and and then when I started playing it I was like, "Oh, this is good." Oh, this, is, <laughs> this is really good. Oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Um, so yeah, I I remember texting you because I think I was playing. I had just finished Dark Souls three. Uh, it could have been two because I played two and three back to back. So so no, I probably was three then. Um, but I remember texting you when like ho- leading up to Hollow Knight's release and being like, "Dude, I don't want to get sucked in again." Like. I want this game. This looks really good, but I know that I'm going to get hooked. And it it was better than I expected it yeah. to be. Yeah. You know, and then we both bought it and we both got hooked cuz no. what was it, like $10. I, I bought it several times. You know, on Switch. And it's I, crazy. I, I think I own it on my Steam library. I own it for Switch and I own it on my PlayStation. That's awesome. I, that's awesome. I, I, but I am that guy when I like something, I'm like, I will buy this multiple places, make more of yeah. this thing that I like. Yes. Yes. So love it. Okay. Final question of the night. Also from Jono Spark. In what ways do playing games help you enjoy and glorify God better? Right. Going deep, going deep. Um, Here we are. Well, I mean, it, it's all an issue. I've had to. Th- I've, I've actually been thinking about this one a little bit. It it really these things can only help us one when we put them in their proper place, and so mm-hmm. when we understand that games are a good gift from God rather than a thing that to to worship. Mm-hmm. And, and when we understand that these things in their proper place are, are useful and benef- beneficial, I mean, there are lots of benefits to, to games. Like you can look at psychological studies, you can look at behavioral studies, you can look at, there's 
I'm sure there's anthropological studies. There's all sorts of like studies to talk about that that sort of demonstrate the um, positive uh, effects that games can have on people. Um, Hand-eye coordination. It, it's a very active medium in the sense that um, it, you're, I think, a little more involved narratively than just like reading a book and playing a game. You're you're a little more involved. Uh, it it so it helps you to sort of develop sort some of those empathic uh, pathways and tendencies, where it actually helps you to sort of understand a foreign perspective more so than I think just even in a book is, and, and, and I, maybe I'm wrong there. Um, but I think there are lots of benefits that just sort of, it's, it's very easy to say, well, here's a good thing. Here's a good thing. Here's a good thing. There's problem solving. Uh, I think, you know, it's one of those things that they can be a valuable sort of resource in helping us to sort through issues passively. I mean, um, what, because what video games do best, in my opinion, right, is they provide you sort of an all like they they provide escape, they provide sort of an alternative to reality, and as long as you're utilizing that well and wisely, and using that as maybe an opportunity to step away from the the concentrated processing of what you're dealing with right at that moment so that you're giving your brain some time to sort of like time off so they can sort of low key process it in the background. You know, sometimes that can be very helpful. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it can, they can provide very useful frameworks for understanding what you're dealing with in your life. I know friend of the show, Jesse Knopp has talked about his experiences with dark souls as being, like and met like he was working through a really dark time in his life mm -hmm. and playing like one of the most brutal games ever and that sort of became a way for him to like low-key work out some of his frustrations and his fears and like really wrestle with his questions and so I mean, I don't think like maybe I don't have a pat answer. I can't be like, mm -hmm. because I don't yeah. think there is a pat or an easy answer here. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's how do you use it? And if you use this well and you use it wisely, um, video games can be an, an, an accent. They can be sort of a point of emphasis to help us like to understand the sweetness to maybe cultivate like you know we've talked about the way that these things are in a lot of ways like low-key proving grounds for ideas and and disciplines mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i've been thinking about sabbath um friend of the show okay. you know the, the judge himself posted something about sabbath and eric mm -hmm. i'm just going to say i'm going to agree to disagree i love you brother but i think you do not understand the 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 sabbath and i know you have studied this deeply um but i i, I just don't think you you understand it and that's okay because i could be totally wrong here and i'm i'm willing to be wrong you know but um one of the sabbath one of the 
So it's it's part of the table of the law on the the, the Ten Commandments. The fourth command actually, I think, serves as a bridge between the first table and the second table. It's a it's it belongs on both because in a way, uh, when we properly honor and observe the Sabbath, we we love God, and we also love our neighbor in honoring and observing the Sabbath properly. So it's it's one of the only commands that sort of lets you do both at the same time um, and isn't specifically oriented towards, I mean, it's primarily oriented towards God because love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength comes first in those two commands. But one of the things the Sabbath does is it, it is a reminder of our need and our need to and, and it's a reminder of our impotence. Um, the, the point, one of the things that the Sabbath does, right, is it looks at a person and it says, you aren't big enough to handle it all. Like you actually need to, you need a day to step away from all of the busyness and the, um, this, the insanity of life of of labor of politicking or whatever you you need to step away from that and 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 you need to focus in on the lord and you need to be with his people and you need to to hear the word you need to be ministered to by god himself um and that that is primarily what the, and and some of the way that we are ministered to by God is through his fellowship with his people it's hearing the word it's uh observing and participating in the sacraments right so it is it, it is a way for us to say you are not enough it is a way for us to recognize our limitations and i think in a way again video games as a low stakes sort of can sort of remind us that we are not self-sufficient and that we need other things every once in a while to sort of pull us out of ourselves. I don't know. Hmm. That's, that's it. I think that that last bit's a little bit of a stretch. Um, but I, I think like they're just, they're a good thing, good gift. And, uh, sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they ask us hard questions. And, uh, and I think, uh, in a lot of ways, video games provide, a, a unique playground for people to mm -hmm. process a lot of things. But that is my yeah. not brief answer at all to that question. <laughs> well, well, but I, I think it, I think it's good. I think it brings up um, a lot of, of cool ideas as well, just because I, I think there's a certain segment of the population that when you say video games, they think of like arcade games, you know, like they think of just like pure, um, the distillation of, you know, like button mashing and having, fun. I went to Walmart earlier today and they're selling the, um, the arcade one up versions of the Simpsons arcade. So that's what I'm thinking of something where it's just like, you're just slamming on buttons and, and jerking the joystick around because you just like, it's just arcade fun kind of a thing. And, and I think sometimes you just want to punch Lego looking dudes and take their lunch yeah. money and have them say barf. <laughs> Yes, yes, they, you gotta have have them barf. Um, 
and and that's not all video games are um and i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that but um yeah so so i think the interesting thing about the question and i love the question thank you for asking it um just i think it's always good yeah especially kind of as we're wrapping the episode down uh, wrapping it up uh winding down winding it down wrapping it up yeah. both of them landing yes. the airplane um, whatever yes <laughs> um three hours later yes exactly um to think about like okay how yeah how is this um glorifying to god or how are we using this rightly to cultivate that love for god that we have you know how, how does this play into that how do we glorify god through video games um and i i i do think there's um it's kind of like asking, how do you glorify God through reading books? Or how do you glorify God through watching movies? Simply because it's like an entire medium. <laughs> so it's difficult to answer um, for an entire medium because any answer that you give is only going to apply to certain games. Yeah, there's, always, of, there's always going to be that one game or that one book or the mo that one movie that is absolutely – there's no redemptive qualities at all. And I'm glad you bring that up because I do think, yeah, I think there there are games like that. There are times when, yeah, yeah, there's no, yeah, no redemptive value to this uh, piece of media. Uh, it is junk. It is garbage, um, or maybe it's just junk food. Um, but uh, I think of some games we've talked about um, because of the previous question. You know, these games that stick with you that make you think. Um, they create a world that's similar enough to our world that really ask us questions about our world and about some some games. I, again, I, I'm going back to Nier Automata that have you asking questions about how do you know what you know, right? Epistemology or about God. That game is all about God being dead and what you do in the aftermath of that. And so um, – how does that i think it, that glorifies god because it shows it shows what this world would be like what our hearts are like when we reject god right it can only end in misery <laughs> and darkness because that's not what we were created for and so it, it has this to me it has this silver lining of like oh man it it shows me how good God is that He has like reached out to me, a sinner. Um, you know, He has like redeemed. You know, He's offered me salvation. He is a good God. He is a loving God, and it's it's just that that reminder of things like that. So I, I think some narrative games can show you things like that. Um, this one also, I remember when I was playing through Breath of the Wild how you know you just spend hours kind of roaming around and stuff and i remember driving um just you know around town or whatever and seeing fields and things like that and just thinking like you know i want to go i like i want to go explore you know like i want to go on a hike now i want to experience these yeah. things for myself again um because it's yeah it's this digital representation of just like in the game it's beautiful it's i'm having fun i'm enjoying it but in real life, you look around and it's like, oh, yeah, this is like this is what God has created, right? This is this low representation, low resolution representation of the beauty that God has actually created. And sure, 
shame on me for not recognizing it before. But I think it's really cool that a video game was able to remind me of the beauty of God's creation, right? And and and, and it brings this longing or this wonder as well um, to want to be to want to experience that again for myself. So um, those those are just a few of the ways. Um, I think games that that really ask questions about the human condition um, that cause you to want to 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 delve deep that that present questions and things like that in in ways I think that draws you also to God um, and at least the world that He has created, which I think points to Him. Um, so those are some of the ways outside of what you said. Just like recreation, I think is good. It's a good thing when it's in its right place. Uh, we can take it out of that place, definitely. I still fail at that all the time. Stay up too late playing video games um, or you know, use video games as a way to procrastinate. Yes, there are those pitfalls. Yes. Um, but I think that doesn't that doesn't mean the entire medium is at fault for that. That's, that's my own heart. So maybe maybe that's another way it helps me to enjoy and glorify God because it reveals the sin in my own heart, the ways in which I need to um, grow in my sanctification to become more like Christ. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking too is like you know, there's that that phrase. It's uh, there, there's a quote attributed to Lewis often about like you know the the fact that we find ourselves desiring something else something greater something more that we haven't known um is proof that we were built or or created or made for something more and i think yep. sometimes the the video games can stir us up a you know in in sort of getting us to at least ask the question like what is more like you know it's like we we we're sort of like playing around in these digital playgrounds and these fantastic worlds and they sort of maybe low key sort of point us to, to sort of think about uh, the beauty of creation beyond, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but anyways, yeah. So cool. We did, I think uh, so that's, that's our entire mailbag. That's all, all the questions, all the questions. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was that many, but we, uh, as as this has been said, we enjoy talking. Super, we are very good. Super good at being bad at brevity. Yes. Uh, but if you have any more questions, we'd love to field them for future episodes, maybe even bite-sized yeah. episodes. Ha! Um, but there's tons of ways you can reach out <laughs> and send us those questions. Uh, our email address is thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. We've got a Facebook group, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. Mm -hmm. On Twitter, our handle is at BBDowncast. And then a link for our Discord where we're always chatting it up. Um, is in the description below. So so click, mm -hmm. join, and uh, enjoy the camaraderie that we have in there. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Normally, I there's a I I look for something to give a bit of a shout out. Uh, Mark, one of our patrons, did right. actually sort of throw out a bit of a a Valentine's Day recommendation. It's in the lounge there, mm. folks. Mm, um yes so that's that's worth giving a read over uh he's uh that's a that's a pretty good pointer or a little bit of uh advice there uh you know uh 
but it, it's uh, it's sort of like follow it at your own discretion kind of thing. Uh, you know, tailor it to your needs specifically if necessary. Uh, tacos are always a mm. worthwhile substitute for flowers, um, <laughs> in my opinion. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, Mexican food, Chinese food, or or, or see, ah, I messed that up. Italian food, Chinese food, or Mexican food. Now that's a now that's a question right there. Anyways, dude, sorry. Yeah, pizza or tacos? Like oh, oh, hard. One must fall. The, one the, must dude, live. That's a that's a question that I do not have an answer for. Except for how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Um, but yeah, uh, normally, like I said, uh, but I do want to just like, hey, we had a lot of great questions today. That had fun answering those and sort of like uh, mm-hmm. hope you guys enjoyed listening to us ramble on about that stuff yeah prognosticate yeah. and ruminate and all those things so mm. but yeah, yeah I think uh, we have done the things we we answered all the questions for everything was it 40 is it 42 that's the the answer to life mm. and everything life yes Meaning, yeah. meaning, how does what, that go? What is the life, meaning of life, the universe, what, and everything? Come on. What is the meaning life, of life, the universe, and everything? 42. Yes. We've answered all the questions. Indeed. Mm-hmm. This is our so personal long. 42. You're welcome. Thanks for all the fish. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Josh, we've done it. Mm-hmm. Once again, like Mad Men, we did the thing we set out to do. And uh, I, I, I think we can end this one with a mission accomplished. Uh, I agree. So, sir. You know, we've done what we came here to do. And until next time, what should these fine uh, ladies and gentlemen do? Guys and, and ladies, lords and ladies, gentlemen, mm. I don't know, all of you, g- keep eating down your backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Indeed. Indeed.